study shows 38.2% of the European Union populace has mental problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see why. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, October 6, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination. Episode 345. This is No Agenda. Get up the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, counting down the days here in the People's Republic of Southern California, yay, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I was just clearing my throat, I never actually said hit it. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> I know, I was, I was trying to time it with your throat flemmage and, and hit it, and then, uh, for people who don't know... If, there's a lot of fun stuff that happens before we actually uh, start the show on the stream. Uh, and that's stuff that just doesn't get recorded. Actually, it, it does get recorded. And I think sometimes people release it. Uh, <laughs> the sound, the dulcet tones of the uh, professional slide whistle this morning brought to you by my partner and colleague, Jean-Claude Devorac. In the morning, John. In the morning to you, Adam uh, Curry, and all ships at sea in the morning, and all the be- boots on the ground and beats in the ground and feet in the air. <laughs> and tomato- some beats up last night. Yeah, and tomatoes fact. upside down, yeah. And in the morning to the human resources who showed up loyally, waiting for your hit it. They're in the chat room, noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com, uh, where we are always streaming our program live Thursday and Sunday mornings. It's the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe. I'm reliably informed. Yeah, I think it's true. That apparently, it's not saying much. <laughs> what What do you mean? I guess there's not that many good podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when we started, it's like all things on the internet. Anyone can do it, and then there's going to be a few good, and the rest will suck. It's just what it is. Yeah, most most suck, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Oh, John, I'm a little off balance today. You just got back from a long trip. Yeah, well, not a very long trip. It's actually surprisingly short to get there, two and a half hour flight. Oh, it's like going from, oh, that's 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 commuter time. In that's, fact, that's short. In fact, we flew on an RJ, on a regional jet. I was surprised. It's like, it's like a little hop. We went to Austin. What RJ were you in? Uh, it was the Can- Canadier, Canadier RJ. Oh. Which is, it's all right, it's modern, but it has no entertainment system, of course. Yeah, and they're they're cramped. Um, not no, not cramped, but uh, you can't. There is no way to actually sleep. And uh, yeah, the seat goes back. If you push the button, it goes back like one inch. No, it goes back further than than some seven seven series I've been on. It's just it's the the way the. Why would fuse- you want to sleep? It's a two and a half hour flight. Well, on the way we came back yesterday morning, we took a six thirty a.m. flight. Because uh, Mickey had an appointment here in uh, Los Angeles. And so you, know, you get in at 7.30, which is kind of nice. We also wanted to try and miss the traffic, which was foiled due to uh, torrential rainstorms. And when it rains in uh, Southern California, uh, it's like everyone takes a big stupid pill. Yeah, they, uh, that's the same. To some extent, that's the same up here. But I, I know down there, they, uh, the rain is like they're baffled by it. Yeah. What the heck? Whoa, 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 whoa. Although we've had a lot of rain this year. It's been pretty pretty outrageous. So, um, tell us about Austin. We're moving to Austin. That's what you say. No, we have uh, signed a lease. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're good to go. <laughs> We're good to go. Uh, November November fifteenth. <laughs> November fifteenth. 
Wow. We're out. Yeah. It was. Um, it doesn't give me much time to get down there. What do you mean? I'm sorry, I oh, you're not. Yeah, oh, please. You're not coming down here. Don't worry. It doesn't matter. You'll come to Austin. I'll see oh, you there. Gosh. South by Southwest or whatever. No, we. I, uh, I don't go to that. We, uh, we went over. We looked at, uh, I don't know, like 15, 20 homes. And, uh, and, and by the way, real estate prices are very, very affordable. And, of course, it was beautiful. It was 85 degrees. It was fantastic. You know, blue sky. Couldn't have been any better. And, uh, and then we walked into a ranch, and we both went, okay, th- this is it. This is what we want. We want a ranch. Uh, you know, like a three-acre. Does not- it have a barn? It had a barn, yeah. Now, but here's the, here's the problem. We walk in, we're like, okay, we'll take it. It had just been leased like a half hour before that. And uh, this was the first day. So the second day, we're, you know, we're like, okay, you know, ranches are not easy, to, certainly to lease. And what you really want to do is you want to, you know, either get a piece of land and build something yourself, or you want, you know, it's hard to find the exact right property, uh, or you might want to get a fixer-upper or something like that. And uh, hello? yes, hello, can you still hear me, John? Hello, hello, <laughs> I hear you. Do you hear me? Okay, you're back. I think I hear you. Yeah, no, what happens is there's something wrong with my uh, sound device thing. Uh, and when I c- close this box, it turn, it mutes the speaker for some unknown reason. Sorry. Anyway, oh, go on okay. about the property thing. I'll just right. leave it open. No, so, uh, so we're saying that, uh, you know, the, we really like the idea of an ranch. We think that's where the, the direction Why? we want to go. It had, it had a good feel for us. You know, just the uh, open space, you know, just... Uh, you you know, could shoot prairie dogs. You could shoot all kinds of dogs, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> now, now it's very, but it's very hard to find a ranch for lease. But we, we, it was reaffirmed for us that we definitely want to be in Austin. And then we found a place uh, which we're going to lease for a year, and you know that year will a help us determine that we made the right move, and b help us find the right place because it's going to take a little bit longer to find you know the perfect ranch, uh, and and whether you know whatever we want to do, uh, and we found a great place, just awesome. Um, twice the size of what we have now, 60% of the price. That sounds good. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a is room there a for a garage you. for a car. Not only that, uh, there is, it's, it's a crazy, it's kind of a crazy place. Uh, I think it was a, is it haunted? Yes, of course. Oh, good. <laughs> By ex playmates. <laughs> there is a room that has no windows, a stained concrete floor. And air conditioning. It's like I walk in. I'm like, uh, it's a prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the studio. The studio. Oh, yeah. Until they lock you in. <laughs> it's a built-in studio. It was perfect. So you know then, uh, and here's how. Good. So we so we fly home. We're all you know we're like okay you know, and uh, of course they have to do the credit check and all that. And like oh that's gonna suck. You know how that goes. And I and uh, and I hadn't even had a chance to tell our current landlord. And they had already contacted her. <laughs> like, oops. <laughs> so I guess she I guess she knows. <laughs> yeah. But she was nice. Yeah, they're very nice people. Always pay on time. Oh, perfect. So uh yeah, we're uh we're we're picking up. We're moving out November fifteenth. So how are you gonna get all your stuff down there? Uh, what do you mean? You put it in a truck and you move it. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, we don't have all that much stuff. 
Uh, and, and to be quite honest, what I'm seeing happening around here in, in these Did you parts... Check the internet connection for that area? Yeah, it's... Uh, well, unfortunately, it's Time Warner, but they do have the high-speed... Well, don't you, is that what you have now? Yeah. So that's kind of unfortunate. Well, at least yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan, but yeah, Time Warner. Of course it was... Did I check that? Yes, of course. It's like, great house. Let me see if my cell phone works. Yes, that works. And you got internet here? Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's going to be perfect. And it's up in the Lake Travis area, which is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So, yeah, we're, well, we're just as uh, surprised, I guess, as you are. Cause I, I, do, you I, have, do you have the address? Yes, I do. <laughs> Would you like me to give it on the show? or? Uh... <laughs> well, you can Skype it to me. Then I'm going to go to Google, uh, and I'm going to look, up, look at the place. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. <laughs> I hadn't actually thought about that. I, I just have to open up the browser here. Um, so while that's, uh, taking place, um, what are you Skyping me something here? I'm just responding to your two notes earlier. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, hello. Can you hear me? You responded to that. Really? That's great. Yes. Machine is real slow. I'll get it to you as soon as I can. Hey, by the way, talking about slow. Yeah. So, uh, I don't, I'm like some, we have so many technical guys out there. What is the deal? This has happened. We've done it on the show and it happened to me last night. I'm trying to surf the net and it's just like, everything's like nothing. Google's pretty quick, but everything else is sluggish and my email's not working. And they're just like, then the sites wouldn't load and PayPal wouldn't come up. And, uh, so I said, well, and then I said, okay, well, let me, cause I have a brand new, Brand new, one of the top end routers. Oh, that would be it. So I rebooted the router, and boom, I've got twenty six down and six uh, up. Oh, I can smoke. Oh, I can tell you what that is. So when uh, do you have a, you have other machines on this uh, on this router, and uh, you transfer big files between them? No. Oh no. Well, then I don't know. I've had that. You know, I've had it happen here. I put a switch in between all my machines, and then everything was perfect. It all ended. Just needed a switch. Well, whatever the case is, uh, what is going on that does this? And why would I have to reset the router? It's ridiculous. It's, it's called uh, buffer overflow. Why? Well, dude, why can't the router say, hey, look, this isn't good. Let me reset the buffer. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> I don't know. It's because it's cheap, cheap stuff. Uh, it's not that cheap. Yeah. Anyway, I just find it annoying to have to do that. Okay, I have the... Uh yeah, I have the address. You have the coordinates. I have the coordinates. I'm trying to... Are you Skyping them to me or are you Yeah, no, I'm going to Skype it to you. Hold on a second. Let me just get this link. You may have to... Uh, this is not probably not the link that shows you everything. I don't know. It's just... You can then take a look yourself. You get that? Yeah. Okay. Okay, we can go on from there. Right. Um... So yeah, but I'm I'm actually you know once again confirmed everyone's so nice. Oh, you know we had dinner at uh, the the Bend on the Hudson, or Hudson on the Bend, I think it is. This is a, is this, that the place that serves a uh, game? Yeah, yeah. I had elk. Yeah, that's that they, place. Yeah, they, yeah, I've been there once. Yeah, they smoke in their own smokehouse and uh, uh, they rub it with like coffee grinds and chocolate and uh, <laughs> and uh, actually Mickey had a uh, she had a trout. Fed on shrimp, so it's kind of a pinkish uh, color on the inside, and um, it, they bake it in a breading of uh, pepper flakes and corn flakes, which was just outstanding. Huh. Yeah, so good. 
Yeah, well, there's good eating down there. That much I can assure you. Okay, the thing I sent you has a couple of pictures, I think. You got a bunch of pictures in here. Yeah. Is this the place? Yeah, that's the place. Wow, nice. It's cool, right? Yeah, this is better than the place you have. Yeah, it's, duh, it's, I'm telling you, it's twice as big. <laughs> and it's cheaper by a lot. <laughs> no, but it's like 40% cheaper. Absolutely. So the yeah, only you thing. I probably could have got him down. Who says I didn't? Oh. <laughs> Who said, come on. You don't know Mickey well enough, do you? Anyway, so uh, so we're very, very excited, and I'm very happy because uh, I, I think everything's going to hell in a handbasket here in California. Yeah, I think so, too. There's going to be riots on the streets. You watch. Well, the riots, you know, there's this thing going on in New York, which people aren't, even our listeners, I don't think, are taking seriously because the right-wing talk shows, and by the way, if anyone can catch it, they're listening to the stream, catch last night's John Stewart show, who I think he did one of the best deconstructions, especially of Sean Hannity. Uh-huh. Uh, they found him quoted saying the exact same thing uh, and and then extolling the virtues of uh-huh. the Tea Party right. and then saying the exact same things and condemning the Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street folks. And uh, the fact of the matter is, and I said it again, whoop, I'm catching yeah, myself no, this now. Is, this is very important because this actually... When you say the fact of the matter, that gives it away that you are a shill. Now, I know you're not because I've, you know, I've been married to I, you I long enough. I thought myself. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but it's so anyway, difficult. It's challenging. Yeah. It's not that difficult. I did it. Yeah. And so uh, the fact of the matter is... See? So, yeah. I, 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 anyway, so uh, <laughs> you know, Hannity, and, and, but it's not just Hannity. It's all these... I mean, you have to remember, these guys are making millions of dollars and they're representing large corporations no matter how much they may want you to believe they're populist right wing anythings they're not and uh and the fact the I almost ah, said it again now you get a buzzer I'm in that. a groove I'm in a groove yeah so here's so one of the things that that wait I have the John Stewart clip if you want me thank you chat room if you want me to play it uh it's yeah you is might it worth want it? to play it is it's it pretty worth funny it? I mean if if it's about well well now wait, let me just say what it is I, I right. think that some of our clips are too long yeah I agree so let let me just say that it seems as if these guys were actually honest with themselves. They would see this Occupy Wall Street thing as a great anti-Obama uh, leveraging point because it's embarrassing to the president. It doesn't really – he's got nothing to do with the Republican Party or anything these guys are shilling for. So why don't they take it as such? Instead of coming up with all this stuff to defend bankers, essentially. Because, I mean, John, we know that Fox is run by the Democrats as well. And this entire movement is now completely being co-opted by the Obama administration. Completely. They've got the yeah, unions the in. Is, it's almost complete. I, I have one clip. I mean, I have a whole bunch if you want. Uh, but Al Sharpton <laughs> resists me much. He gets a shill on. I was blown away. First of all, the guy's in a suit and tie, and he's really clean cut. And, and he's supposed to be at this event? He's at the he's at the event, uh, and he says things like, uh, the fact of the matter. Now, oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah. before you play that clip, I want to mention, besides the, that guy being at the, at the event, your pal, Aaron Burnett. Oh, I have that clip, too. I've got all those clips. She's a, she's a, man, I hate her. Not my pal. Here's Sharpton. Joining me now right. from Lower Manhattan near Wall Street is Harrison Schultz. And by the way, I've been trying to find out who Harrison Schultz is. There's a Schultz in the White House, so this could be he could be related. 
And we'll be talking about Schultz later. There's like a damage control guy, like a Hill and Knowlton guy called Schultz. Uh, so this is also Schultz. One of the organizers of the Occupy Wall Street. He's one of the organizers. John, they have organizers. And <laughs> oh, Al Sharpton. bogus right off the beginning. <laughs> and this Al, is unbelievable. Al Sharpton, has him. He, Al Sharpton has him on. He found him. One of the organizers. And he's got a suit on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Harrison, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Reverend. Happy birthday. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, oh. every organizer will do that right off the top. Happy birthday, Reverend. Thank you. How's Tell us wife? a little about the movement that's going on in Wall Street. The movement down here is incredibly exciting. It's incredibly exhilarating. And uh, honestly, my opinion as a professional sociologist, I think uh, that this is the beginning of a revolution in this country. Yeah. Oh. A revolution going toward what? Where, what are the goals? I see uh, uh, an excitement. I really love the way that there's been discipline and nonviolence, except on the other side. But what are the goals? When you say a revolution, where are you taking this? The fact that we don't have a coherent set of goals is what the media has been blasting us the most for. But the fact of the matter is that the, oh, oh, oh. the problems in this country, that this country is going through, are very complicated. And so the discussion that we're having isn't simple. It's a very complicated discussion as well. It's a discussion, John. It's like Twitter. It's a discussion is what it is. It's just a discussion. Democracy takes time. and uh, Democracy. The, the conversations that we're having are the conversations that leaders... Democracy in, in takes time? Yeah, it what takes is that supposed to mean? Democracy takes time. Listen to the guy. He's he's he is propagating Obama's message of jobs and 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 oh, taxing the rich. Pull that off. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. the whole. This is a prepackaged piece. Politics and economics, and the media should be having, but really aren't. So we have to do it ourselves. So really, you're showing the discontent and trying to force the conversation to have a realistic dialogue about what ought to be the real priorities and the real solutions in this country. Yes, this, the best way to look at Occupy Wall Street, in my opinion, is to think of it as a conversation, a big conversation that needs to be had <laughs> that the media and that our leaders just aren't having. Now and we're getting into trouble for having these conversations with the NYPD. Now, I, I notice you've had people from all walks of life, all racial backgrounds, but do all of the elements there that are involved from different parts of society, do they all want the same thing? Do they want different things? It's about having a conversation so everyone uh, can discuss what it is they want. The thing that we all want, the thing that we all agree on, in my opinion, and I can only speak from my perspective, yes, yeah, yeah. is that we're all here for change. Oh, change. John, it's change. about change. Change. Much. Change. 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 We all want something different. We all want something better. As far as the specifics, as far as how we go about doing that, we don't know yet. Uh, part of the problem, I, I think, the, yeah. part of the issue is that a lot of the people that are here are, in fact, anarchists, are, in fact, <laughs> revolutionaries. And putting a revolution, putting a revolutionary change into political terms uh -huh. is uh, very difficult to do. Tell me that isn't a Barack Obama uh, pr uh, supporter, revolutionary change. Come on. Because we're trying to get away from all the problems, and we don't really want to fix them. It's revolution, no. not reform. Oh. Harrison Schultz now, of the Oxford. Listen to uh, Al's wrap up. Occupy Wall Street Movement, thanks for coming on the show tonight, and we'll be seeing you. Let me say this to a lot of people that have watched this. It's easy to dismiss movements, it's easy to say, I don't understand the purpose, I don't understand the point. The point is, there's a lot of discontent. 
even if people don't know, as he says, what their formula is to make things right, they do know things are wrong. There's something wrong when we see rampant unemployment, uh-huh. yet we want to protect tax loopholes for oh, the rich. loopholes for the when rich. When we see people being put off of roles that are children, when we see poverty higher than it's been, there are those that will respond different ways. We're marching in Washington on October 15th. There's Al Sharpton calling for the march on the 15th. It's completely organized. They're all over the country with Occupation Wall Street. Labor is moving. Labor. The real point is ah. that change must come. And the only change. thing that is clear is sitting down, doing nothing. Let's, let's pull out uh, Martin Luther King has gotten us where we are. Come on. We cannot have, as Martin Luther King said, the paralysis of, of analysis. analysis. My we brothers, must move. we must move. So uh, that, that to me was a complete plant. And then Aaron, Aaron Burnett, who of course I, you know, is, the, is one, is not, she's not the original money, honey, but uh, li- liked her a lot on CNBC. And then we found out she was a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. And I fell out of love really quickly. That and she has a... You butt. are so fickle. Yeah, well, she has a big butt, too. I saw her ass and was like, huh. Uh, she has a segment on her new CNN show called Seriously, and this was her Seriously segment. Seriously? The Occupy Wall Street protest entered its third week today. What started as less than a dozen college students camping out in a park near the New York Stock Exchange right. is now hundreds of protesters, and it's spread to other cities. But what are they protesting? Nobody seems to know. So this afternoon, we went to Wall Street to find out. And despite what you heard, here's what I saw. It's not just a bunch of dancing hippies protesting. Listen to her uh, read. Dancing the, hippies. Listen to her read the prompter, though, where she her whole cadence is wrong because she she's saying bongos, but she's reading banjos. Now, how do you say banjo? You say banjo, right? Banjo, yeah. Yeah, but she's reading the prompter, and it comes out banjos. <laughs> there are all kinds of people. Oh, are you, you going to play that now? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Teachers, cheerleaders, Uncle Sampta, and that. Seriously, it's a mixed bag, but they were happy to take some time from their books, banjos, bongos, <laughs> banjos, bongos, banjos, move yeah, prompter. That's a prompter. That's a prompter flub. Uh, prompter flub. <laughs> catered lunch. Yeah, there was yeah, catered yeah, lunch. Catered Designers lunch. reading this. Uh, yeah, she's, oh, she's horrible. Anyway, she goes in, and her whole rap is, uh, you know, we, we we made money on the banker bailouts. And she gets some stupid idiot to go, really? Oh, I'll have to go research that. Donald Trump had the best line, though. When you can't boil down your mission to one sentence, you, you can't get the same explanation no. from two protesters. Know, just, Nobody knows why they're protesting, but they're having a good day. Well, I said on your show... And it was picked up all over the place. A lot of them are down there for dating purposes. They're down there, true. They're down there to meet people. That's what we said. They're down to pick up chicks. That's what we said. He's listening to our show. It's horrible, He's man. our material. <laughs> I hate it when he does that. Uh, actually, Ben Bernanke. Ben Bernanke, actually, the guy you'd expect to, you know, to really BS, he actually kind of said it, I think. Let's ask you something unrelated. This is uh, from C-SPAN, by the way, where he was uh, asked a question in a congressional hearing. If my time's running out, um, you see protests both on the right and the left. Right now, the protests that are getting the headlines are on the left in, in New York. What, what is that protest saying to you? What are you hearing from, from that activity in, uh, in New York right now? 
Well, I would just say very generally, I think people are quite unhappy with the state of the economy and, and uh, what's happening. Um, uh, they blame with some uh, uh, justification the uh, problems in the financial sector for getting us into this mess. Um, and they're dissatisfied with the uh, policy response here in Washington. I think, that's, I think that's right. I think Bernanke is actually saying it, he's, uh, although he's saying it for his own purposes. But Yeah, no, I think he's nailing it. Yeah, is it, people are uh, upset with the poli- this policy response. And uh, uh, I, at some level, I can't blame them. Certainly, uh, 9% unemployment and very slow growth is not a very good situation. That's what they're protesting. Yeah. He says it. Right there. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, but it and is. And there's nothing wrong. You know, I don't understand the, 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 the right-wingers in particular, and actually to a lesser extent the left-wingers, but mainly the right-wingers, complaining about this. I mean, why, do they, well, why are they taking the wrong side on this issue? I, I think that they're doing it because they're trying to help Obama stay in office. They don't want to run this economy. This is your theory. They want yeah, they, they want to lose. Theory. They want to lose the election. We don't want uh, uh, let them let him let Obama have him. And well, also, as well, lose the election if they run that. They would really just keep pushing Perry, and he keeps screwing up. Here's uh, Herman Cain, who was of course also a right winger. And let's not forget Herman Cain. Uh, besides that, his nine 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 tax thing. I, I, I don't think it's the uh, uh, six 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 upside yeah, down. Yeah, that's there. You go. <laughs> Besides that, he, of course, uh, was the president of uh, the Federal Reserve of... Hmm, Kansas City. Kansas City, thank you. So he's a, he's a bankster is what he is. He, he was, yeah. He, pres- he's in the head system. Of the Federal Reserve in Kansas. Yeah. I mean, come on. Does it give you any clues? And that's never mentioned. No, of course not. Because he's a pizza guy. If you ask yeah, anyone, oh, guy. he's a pizza guy. I, I was talking to some people in, uh, in, uh, in Austin. And like you know, they're real careful with with new, with new people, with newcomers from Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they, they got it one hand on the gun when they're talking to you. She like, uh, so what do you think of Perry? I was like, he's a douchebag. Oh wow, well, great. everyone in Texas thinks he's a douchebag. Yeah. And then, what do you think of Ron Paul? I said I supported him last year. Support him this year. Oh, that's great. And you know, but what do you think about Kane? And I said, you know, he was a member of the Federal Reserve Board. No, so they don't. They don't even know that in Texas. Anyway, here's uh, Herman Cain's response to the uh, Occupy Wall Street. I'm sure you're aware of the fact that there are these protests going on down around Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street. Uh, They've spread to some other cities in the country. What do you make of that? Right. What do they make of it? What do they want? Well, they... (laughs) He sounds like... uh, Who's that guy uh, on PBS? Is it in your DNA? What do they make? Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose. What do they make? Charlie Rose talking to a woman. (laughs) What do they want? I don't know what they want, but I think they think that the banks have given them a raw deal over the last few years. I don't Uh, have facts to back this up. uh -uh. Because I am a banker. But I happen to believe that these demonstrations are planned and orchestrated to distract from the failed policies of the Obama administration. (laughs) No, 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 no. They're planned and orchestrated or they're being uh, captured to propagate the message of the Obama administration, you idiot. Don't blame Wall Street. What a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he got that one wrong. Yeah, well, it gets, yeah, this guy is president. <laughs> Putin will just walk all over him. It gets better. Don't blame the big banks. If you don't have a job and you are not rich, blame yourself. You yes, blame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a message. Blame yourself. You stink. (laughs) Blame yourself. Now, Joe O'Biden. Do you remember who Van Jones was? 
Yeah, Van Jones was a character that uh, they the, that the essentially the radio talk show guys ended up getting rousted. I think Glenn Beck was the first one who outed him as a uh, kind of a screwy uh, socialist that got a position he really shouldn't have had. What was his position? What did, what did he do? I mean, you said you remember Van Jones. You remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a fast-talking, good-looking guy. Well, first of all, apparently Van Jones and his gang are down on Wall Street. They're they're also weaseling in on the action. Anyone who figures. has a book or anything to promote any agenda, they're down there getting camera FaceTime. Everybody but us. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, can, you know, it's funny because people say, you Lois, should, get down there. You should be Lois. down there. Yeah, really. You should, you should be broadcasting every day. I said, no, our job is to dissect what is happening, and it's unfolding before our very eyes. This is being co-opted. Of course people are pissed off, and I'll tell you in a minute what this is about and what should be happening. But you're just watching the media slurp this up and the, and the current administration loving it because we want people fighting amongst themselves. That's what's that's what the plan is. We're going to have we're going to have fighting, but it's not going to be between protesters and the cops. It's going to be between protesters and protesters. Now here's O Biden on a, a talk radio show. Let me ask you about the Tea Party. I, I pretty well have an idea of what your thoughts are on the Tea Party. What is your thought on the the Van Jones organization of the Occupy Wall Street group which is supposedly counter to the Tea Party? Well, and going you know, to be look, supportive I, of the president. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know <laughs> about the Van Jones group, uh, all except what I read in the press. And uh, and by the way, I I don't disrespect the Tea Party. I think the Tea Party and the Van Jones folks are part are different halves of the same concern. There's an overwhelming frustration. There's a great frustration here in America that the two parties haven't been able to get very much moving. Um, we have been in this period where there's just nothing but fighting. And so you have on the one end Van Jones's guys, uh, whoever he is, uh, talking about, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, wait, wait. What? <laughs> yeah, listen. Listen to these guys go. Be in the administration, the yeah. <laughs> Used to be green czar. <laughs> oh, is that? All right. Well, um, you know. Uh, the <laughs> he doesn't remember that. I, I wasn't at that meeting. He doesn't well, know, who he didn't know who he was. <laughs> he didn't Give know who me Van Jones was. <laughs> whoever that guy is. That guy is. Yeah, whoever that guy is. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know that guy. Wow. Soros, of course. That's the, the clip of the day, by the way. Thank you. Soros, the multi-billionaire, is loving this. And he's he, he was at the United Nations. His little Euro News report about and we, including his quote. George Soros, the billionaire financier, says he understands anti-bank protests yes. that started in New York yes. and have spread across the United States. The Hungarian-born investor, whose net worth is an estimated 16 billion euros, said he sympathized with the Occupy Wall Street movement. Soros was speaking at a meeting at the UN headquarters in Manhattan. I can understand their sentiments, yes. frankly. There are a lot of people, uh, for instance, running small businesses oh, yeah. uh, who saw their credit card charges being raised from 8% to 28%. <laughs> I can understand their frustration. <laughs> you should do that. You should just do the Soros voice. Yes, I can understand that they want. They see rich people not with, with the taking loopholes, 
and taking advantage and paying less tax than their secretary. So uh, I understand their frustration and uh, this, um, this uh, I'm sorry, I fell asleep. So, um, yeah, well, this is fun. You know, the thing that's interesting is that I don't think, I think, you know, they're co-opting as best they can, but these things can roll out of control on them. And the next thing you know, uh, yeah, but I think this is what, isn't this what Ron, isn't this what Ron Paul predicted? He said, yeah, they've been setting this up for a long time. They want civil unrest in this country. Only I'm worried, and I'm in the chat room. If you go to irc.freenode.net and join uh, Occupy Wall Street, uh, that's IRC chat, you can see them fighting in this chat room already because you have, you know, uh, the the shills who are in literally saying, oh, this is about uh, the rich, eat the rich, you know, we've got to have the rich have loopholes and we've got nothing. And that's that's the administration's message. That's what this is. The president, before we started. So what, wait, wait, back off a second. What is the, uh, what IRC channel is this and what, what network is it on? The, uh, the network is freenode.net, so irc.freenode.net. Freenode? Freenode. Freenode. It's one of the oldest IRC networks there is. irc.freenode.net, and then you get into Occupy Wall Street. And by the way, all of these websites that are cropping up, because there's a whole bunch of different ones. The, you know, all the who, the who is registrations are all protected, so you have no idea who's who's registering this stuff, what's going on. Um, They're using anonymizers. No, no, you just get the privacy. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, you get the privacy registration. Yeah, there, there was so there was one kid go. down there on Wall Street who, of course, was not on television, and I liked his message a lot. Minimize the federal government. When you have big state government, small federal government, our voices are heard at the local level. We can make differences. A whole continent-wide cannot control a federal government with a banking system that prints money like it's paper. You can't even call it money anymore. Gold is money. Silver is money. Green dollars are not money. They're using inflation as a hidden tax to fuck the people. Prices go up. Do your wages go up? No. No. My wages didn't go up, but prices went up. Gas goes up. Milk goes up. Trains go up. How am I supposed to live? And this is all because our government prints too much money, starts too much wars, so they can sell their tanks, their guns, their missiles. Because that's all America exports, is guns, missiles, and tanks. This guy listens to me. (laughs) Now, how is that guy, you know, I mean, that this is another, that this movement is so... It's so broad. I mean, there's every imaginable person. There's probably a vegan guy in there yelling and screaming about something. Well, the, th- the thing that baffles me is when this happened in uh, Tahrir Square, and, and of course, you know, the, the, the jackals got in there, too. When this happened in Athens, it's about the same things. It's the exact same things that are happening here. I and mean, let's just go down the list. And Israel, don't forget. Oh, yeah. But let's just go down the list. Um and we'll compare it to any Arab Spring state. We can almost do a clippity-clop uh, Lucifer Clinton thing here. Um, do we live in a police state? Well, yes, I, I think we do live in a police state. Uh, do we kill Do we kill people? Yeah, sometimes innocent people in this country. Well, yes, we put people to death all the time. 
We don't do it by hanging or, or public beheading, which, by the way, John and I think we should do because it'd be a great reality show. But we do that in this country. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Uh, we have more. Don't forget more prisoners. We, ha- we have more prisoners in our prisons than any other country in the world. Than any other country in the world. And we they're have all slaves. disenfranchised. They're not allowed to vote. They're all slaves. Right. Does our president kill his own citizens? Yes. Are you kidding me? He doesn't do it with AK-47s. No, he does it with drones. So this is what the people are upset about because they feel it. And by the way, more and more people are listening to No Agenda and saying, yeah, yeah, this, this, is, the, this is the awakening, the awakening moment. You know, I read a beautiful, a beautiful thing about a priest who uh, went to Syria. Let me just uh, find this. Uh, someone emailed it to me. It was astounding. It was, it was some very funny lines. Uh, let me just see if I can find this. Uh, hold on a second. Oh, this is. Oh, here we go. Delegation to Syria of the Antiochian, am I pronouncing that right? Uh, Orthodox Christian Archdiocese. So they went on a trip, and the guy, does, and you can find this in the show notes, 345.nashownotes.com. And this is uh, Pastor, uh, what is his name? Pastor John or something like that. And uh, Pastor Pat, uh, Father Pat. Uh, parishioners pleaded with me, some with tears. Please don't go, Father Pat. It's dangerous there in Syria. So the guy, of course, didn't see any violence, didn't see anything horrible. But there's one passage in this, uh, in this, uh, in this, uh, yeah, um, article that he wrote. Candor compels the confession, nonetheless, that at one point in my journey, I did feel just a wee bit unsafe. Our little group was conducted into a large room full of scary-looking people where a security force of more than 20 husky uniformed officers met us, all of them carrying sidearms and several holding assault rifles. As we walked through their midst, this security force gave our group a suspicious once-over. It is worth mentioning that this scene took place in the boarding area at the Chicago airport. <laughs> and it's ju- right. Yeah, and it's just true. It is just true. We, it is, the, everything that I've learn in my life, and maybe you've seen this as well, John, is when you turn it upside down, that's usually the right way. And we just have it all upside down. We are the slaves. We are the suppressed. We live in the police state. We are being screwed. And and to re- revisit Ron Paul's point about building fences on the southern border to keep us in, not to keep the Mexicans out, now there's a huge movement, and this is a huge scandal, and it, it, it considered, I guess, a national insult, to build a fence and a trench across the Canadian border. Yeah, yeah, I know. The Canadians <laughs> are really irked about this. They say, what is, you know, what is wrong with What's you up people? What's with that? What's that? <laughs> so, I mean, we're basically building a Berlin Wall. I have a clip from uh, Canadian Member of Parliament, Scott Bryson, who was very, very upset that uh, some uh, members of Parliament have business cards with gold lettering. And, uh, and, and he, I don't know if he meant this, but uh, I hope he did, because he, then he's my new friend. Now we learn that the foreign minister insists on having golden business cards. This despite the fact that using gold on business cards breaks Treasury Board rules because it's too expensive. 
Why is the minister breaking government rules? Why is he giving taxpayers the gold finger? This is a very expensive game of you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. When Canadians are struggling just to get by, why are conservative ministers showering each other with gold? Why the golden showers, Mr. Speaker? <laughs> Why the golden shower? Please, I want more golden showers. Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't think he knew what he was saying. Uh, probably. <laughs> he doesn't have a dirty M- mind. Made my day. <laughs> uh, before we go on, I think we should, should take a quick break and yes. do some thanks for the uh, number of people who helped us celebrate 345. Show 345, that is. And... Uh, is that okay with you? Yes, no, absolutely. Are you hearing me? Did you click your box again, or am I on? No, no, Hello? I heard nothing. You hear nothing. Uh, but so let's begin with a couple of uh, <laughs> couple. We have a few uh, executive producers for today's show, uh, show three, four, five. Uh, Jordi uh, Ramirez, uh, Sir Jordi uh, Ramirez, as a matter of fact. Hi, John and Adam. In the amount of this donation's number, my challenge coin, it gets me over the second knighthood. I'll send an email with the accounting. I want to donate this knighthood to my cousin, Beto Ashazaretta, yeah. uh, uh, I think. Ashazaretta. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Yeah, I am. Ashazaretta. Okay. Yeah, well, maybe. For his birthday on October 5th, thanks for everything, and he donated 569. Niner. Exactly. That's very nice. Uh, Barry Hanna. Uh, New donor Okotok- as well. Okotox, Alberta. Uh, Canada three four five six seven. We have Glenn, to we have to have a golden shower effect for our Canadian donors. Give them a golden Glenn, shower. I, Glenn Riccio, they get poor Canadians get enough flack. Glenn Riccio, Charlottesville, Virginia, three four five six seven. John and Adam, I'm attending two funerals this weekend in lieu of flowers. The families requested a donation to my favorite charity. Aww. That would be the No Agenda Show, even wow. though it's not technically a charity. Here is a three four five six seven in memory of Howard Anderson and Anne Marie Figlar. Please send out karma to the families. And he says, fuck cancer. Absolutely. Here you go, my friend. You've got karma. I think uh, you're probably doing a lot of good for the world. Because uh, this, uh, uh, what you call a charity, which technically we're not, uh, does go, I mean, the, the, the money's on the screen, as they say. It doesn't go anywhere but into making the show run. Well, thank you. Exactly. Scott Hankel, Sunland, California, 34567. John and Adam, for this special episode, I'd like to give you karma to the both of you as well as to my wife for a job interview she has on Friday. Mm, well, that's very nice. We'll take a little uh, karma hit there. Thank you so much. You've got karma. And from Switzerland, James Carson, in the morning, John and Adam, and he gave 345. Greeting from the Gitmo Nation Swiss Cheese. Please accept the donation to join the 345 Club. Two years of listening to No Agenda has cured me of my former need to listen to the lamestream media news. Thanks to No Agenda, I simply don't need to watch or listen to those shills anymore. My TV and radio are now off 99% of the time. This guy's got the right idea. The time you have given back to me, aha, is worth many times more than this donation, not to mention freeing me from the constant fear-mongering and brainwashing uh, I used to absorb on a daily basis. For this, I'm extremely grateful. With this donation, I think I may have finally reached knighthood. Uh, and then we have to check, and apparently he did, yeah, to keep up the outstanding right. work. Thank you, Jim. VIP Photography, LLC in Flower Mound, Texas. 
three, four, five. Uh, again, from Flower Mound, Texas. I should have one more payment to Knighthood. I believe my last payment was around two fifty. Blah blah blah. If you have a time, can you plug my wife's Robin's website at hypersistersstore.com uh, it's or Heister Heister Sisters? Yeah, H Y S T E R Sisters store.com a great place for listeners or listeners wives who are going to have surgery uh it's interesting of, okay, of we'll any kind or have had surgery to get some extra care well that sounds like a good uh, a good thing yeah uh then we go to our uh, associate executive producers sit incognito in melville new york with a very long note which i'll be part of uh, he's semi-anonymous. He donated to dispel the myth that <laughs> Indians are cheap. He's apparently an Indian, even though it came in from Melville, New York, which gives me the impression that he's not really an Indian. He's been he's been absorbed into the you know, some American thinking. I like to uh, remain senator. Anyway, he says, "Give me credit as Sid Incognito. I love your show, except when you make." Me punched my steering wheel in frustration at some of your anti-scientific claims. That would be Adam. <laughs> yeah, but you defended it on the email. I saw that. You were defending it. You were like, eh, what do you mean? What anti-scientific claims? No, I wasn't defending I was asking specifically, and he never really I mean, he came up with some stuff in another email. There's a, in fact, a number of emails I've gotten from Sid here are like I'm thinking of turning into a book. Anyway, he, he brings up the Al-Qaeda thing, which is... Uh, the inconsistencies of Qaeda versus Al-Qaeda that John compare, complained about. According to the Book of Knowledge, Al translates to the definite article, the. And if you read carefully, you see that the Times appears to have adopted the practice of omitting it depending on the grammatical context. Now, that I've noticed, but in fact, uh, it's still idiotic, okay? Yeah. Uh, Zach Winston, also a uh, associate executive. I'm sorry, to, he wanted some karma for his parents back in India. We're facing a years-long fight with the atrocious Indian justice system because they got oh. swindled out of a large chunk of their life savings by a stockbroker. Oh yeah, that was the big, uh, the big market crash in uh, in India. Yeah, people oh, yeah, got we'll screwed. Karma. Yeah, sorry, I want to make sure we do the karma shots. You've got karma. There you go. And that'll work. He's Indian. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And then finally, Zach Winston out of uh, Narbeth, Pennsylvania, $200. He'll be an associate executive producer for today's show. 345, I want to remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA or channeldvorak.com slash NA. The No Agenda Show.com has a link, and so does No Agenda Nation, where you can get your slave T-shirt, which seems to be selling out, uh, which is perfect for the New York event. Uh, no Agenda Show.com, No Agenda Nation.com, and channeldvorak.com and channel and Dvorak.org. And uh, Mickey, uh, 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 Eric the Shill sent a couple of T-shirt cuts and sizes, and Mickey has selected a, a unisex one that is a much better cut than the current slave T-shirt, and also one if you're a hot chick. So that one probably not going to be selling a lot. Uh, but uh, we don't have any. What? We don't have complying. Any, we don't have any hot chicks <laughs> listening yeah, to do. our show. Yeah, we got plenty of hot chicks. They just wouldn't wear our T-shirts. Couple of. Um, PR initiatives uh, going on, some domain name forwards. Uh, Lone Squirrel, who, of course, uh, does a lot of work for the show there in uh, Paducah, Kentucky. Uh, a couple of domains he's forwarding to noagendashow.com. Un Uncompromisednews.com. Gitmotorture.com. Economicsafety.net, which I like. That's a good one. Economicsafety.net. Those are forwarding. And he says, thank you once again for the consistent entertainment and analysis. 
Uh, here's a nice uh, domain name, forwarding to noagendashow.com. Don't drone me, bro, dot com, which <laughs> could be, become a nice meme. Gitmozombies.com, forwarding to the show. I like that. That's how about, a good one. Yeah, how about this one? Sellingthenews.com. Ooh. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, this is uh, Ryan Hoskins. He said he couldn't even believe it was taken. And in fact, the band Switchfoot just came out with a new album called Vice Versus. And the name of the song, one of the songs, is Selling the News. So we have... Uh, we have a song for ha- the site. Yeah, we do. Uh, <laughs> we are the 1%.com. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, another one, the wrongdomain.com. These are all pretty good. Uh, then uh, Michael Zamowski says, could you please help me and Michael Moore, it's not the director, but a different Michael Moore, and myself, spread the word that this Saturday at Los Angeles City Hall, we will be camping out in the name of No Agenda and Liberty with fellow occupiers like ourselves. We will be pitching a tent in the name of No Agenda and Liberty this Saturday at 8 p.m. in front of Los Angeles City Hall. Now, what I like is they're holding up big signs that say, you are being tricked. Listen to NoAgendaShow.com. So I think that's yeah, we need good. More of those signs. We need more signs. Maybe we should be uh, printing up signs because you know now you got the professional signs from you know are in right the professional signs from the from the uh, you know the unions and stuff and the, and the cardboard signs aren't cutting it anymore. So maybe we should think about that. Hey, there's a brand new No Agenda Roku channel which looks the it's just awesome. Link in the show notes uh, under the PR section. We'll also put it in the links that rock section. Um, if you have a Roku, you know how it works. You go to that link, you fill out your uh, Roku information as a code, you type that in, and it has both the back episodes and the live stream, which is cool. So you can, uh, it's all right there uh, in the Roku channel, and uh, uh, that looks extremely awesome. And uh, then this came in, the No Agenda 111111 Super Karma coin is coming in. Adding, remember, the 101010 Super Karma medallions this year. I've created the 111111 Super Karma coin, two-inch stamped metal coin with enamel colors. Pre-sales just started at noagendasuperkarma.com. A limited edition, only 33 numbered, including acrylic case, <laughs> but not with your soup, with your secret stealth helicopter. $33 and two regular editions at $22.11. I'd appreciate uh, your help in mentioning these so I can go for the 11-11-11 donation. That's uh, Sir Ernie. And uh, they're, they're, they're kind of cool. They're, if you go to noagendasuperkarma.com, uh, they're like psychedelic, these uh, these coins, which is a, a nice take on the uh, on the traditional uh, karma, uh, traditional challenge coins. And I, oh, I, actually, I should, I should mention that. So we're, uh, we're staying at my friend Greg again in Austin. Which we hadn't seen for you know several months since we stayed there on the Hot Pockets tour, yeah. And Nikki says, "Oh my goodness, your black jeans are still hanging in the closet." And I I I'd misplaced my black jeans. We actually had to go buy a new pair. And what was in the pocket of the black jeans? A challenge coin. My challenge coin and my gold coin, everything that I'd lost. Oh, the coins that you lost, and now the CIA guy sent you a new CIA coin in lieu of the fact that you lost the two coins, oh, which just... you stupidly left in another guy's <laughs> closet, and now you have to, you admitted it publicly. Now you have a, an extra challenge coin, and I have absolutely nothing to show for. Hot Pockets. We'll give you a little Hot Pockets jingle, make you feel better. Hey, by the way, before I forget this too, did you know that Formula One is coming to Austin next year? Well, that's fantastic. You don't even like sports. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd throw it out there. 
you're going to start liking sports, you're going to at least be in the town with probably one of the greatest college football teams in history. Is that Austin? Yeah, yeah. University of Texas in UT. Austin. And there's yeah. a huge stadium. You should go to a game. That's right. I'm going to go to get... Mickey gonna... would enjoy it. Mickey would enjoy watching this, That's this, right. this spectacle. We're, we're becoming sports fans. We're going to drive uh, drive pickup trucks. We're going to have guns. What else, honey? Ferrari. For, Ferrari racing. Yeah. All right, Mickey. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the Ferrari part, you can skip yeah. that. <laughs> this fun, this income. All right, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much, though. This is highly appreciated. We know it's a magic number, and... Uh, uh, it wasn't anything like some of the other, you know, the uh, 200 show or other numbers that we've received. We know the numbers have gone up, but I'm so delighted. My, a smile comes to my face when uh, you guys go to Dvorak.org slash N-A. Show your love and appreciation and, and keep and us on the road. I should mention that all, ever, all the people that have donated three, four, five will be listed as uh, members of the three, uh, four, five, special... Five. Spe- also special executive producers of this show. Yeah, we do a, an entire list, and thank you all very much. And uh, is uh, is Buzzkill Jr. sending that to me? Because I don't have it yet. Uh, it was in an email. Yeah, well, he sent it to me. Oh, okay. Forward it on to me so I can put it into the uh, show notes. Very important. Everyone else out there, of course, there is something you can do which has to do with our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. T-shirt. Shut up, Slade. Yo, I'm very excited. I'm I, I've not been this excited in a while. That uh, Mickey's excited too. She's oh, about moving. She's, yeah, she's freaking out. She loves it. She's freaking out. Yeah, she's totally freaking out. Yeah, we're very excited S- to get out of this hellhole. <laughs> so uh, called <laughs> I, Los Angeles. I heard you on Twit, by the way. Yeah, Adam Curry's and he he's moving to Austin. He thinks I heard you, you cynical <laughs> bastard. You I, I showed you, you were, didn't I? All the shows you wouldn't be listening to. I figured that was the one. Showed you, didn't I? <laughs> he thinks. Yeah, he thinks. So uh, well, yeah. See, I haven't seen it. You haven't moved yet. So uh, <laughs> it's signed, signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. So, so we did a uh, Devorah Horowitz, which I think you may or may not run after this show today. Yeah, I heard. Where it. We did. We did, did you listen to the show about this this Dexia bank in in but this right underneath the EU's nose in Belgium? Yeah, a bank, a Belgian bank has run up a debt that is higher than the entire GDP of Belgium. I have the I have a, a one minute uh, report on that. Well, before you play that report, see how much of this report you can take, which is discussing it, just because this is my favorite guy on CNBC World, the French guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. How much at all? Yeah, we lost 25% yesterday, 38% at some point during the session yesterday. We're up 7 9% right now on Dexia. France and Belgium are going to come up with a solution for the bank within the next 24 hours. A solution? It's what the French finance minister, François Barouin, said this morning to RTL Radio. Dexia is now widely expected to be broken up with the sale of its healthier operations, such as the Belgium and the Turkish banking unit. Unit. François Barouin confirmed that Dexia would not stay in its uh, current form. The right. French and Belgium government also are working on, a, on the creation of a bad bank which would gather all the toxic assets of Dexia and the bad bank would receive the state guarantee from... <laughs> I can't 
can't. It's hard to follow. <laughs> the toxic. <laughs> the toxic. Well, I, I have a, an understandable report, which is okay. Play it's yours. Everything the French guy just said uh, in English. Uh, As a rescue plan comes together for struggling Belgian-French bank Dexia, some worried depositors have been withdrawing their money. Uh -huh. Its customer helpline has been overwhelmed with calls. The French and Belgian governments are racing to stop the bank's troubles from worsening the Eurozone debt crisis. The head of the French Central Bank explained, We'll ensure there is enough liquidity, as we say in financial jargon. That means the... Bel in financial jargon, that's way too complicated for you stupid slaves is financial liquidity. National Bank and the Bank of France will lend Dexia as much money as is needed to ensure the restructuring process goes smoothly. <laughs> Belgian and French state financial institutions own nearly 48% of Dexia, which they ended up with when it had to be rescued following the 2008 financial crisis. It had to be saved then as now because it's a lender to thousands of French and Belgian local councils. The part of the bank that has made those loans will be combined with other French state-owned banks. The loans it's made to the Greek government, which are unlikely to be paid back in full, will be shifted to a so-called bad bank, with taxpayers again picking up the tab. I, I love this. It's like, this is so... Un and this, by the way, completely unreported. It was like 140 billion euros, I think. 140 billion euros. It's, that's bigger than the whole Greek problem. And... Yeah, no, it's not reported at all. No, it, but yeah, who's paying for it? There's too much jargon involved. Yeah, it's too much financial jargon. But who's paying for this? Who? Horowitz is really concerned that the French are going to take it, are, are going to collapse. I mean, this whole thing, now, you know, what happened, which, again, we explained in our show, you know, is that Italy got downgraded by three notches. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Tuck, 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 right. And there, France is on, is, you know, the, everyone knows the pigs, you know, the Portugal, Ireland, the, the whole group Italy, of people. Greece. But yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the French, the French, and if the French go, the Germans, I'm telling you, this is the German takeover of the entire European, uh, Euro continent. You know, so I was reading an article, which I have linked in the show notes, uh, 345.nashownotes.com, and someone asserted that this was actually... Uh, because the ratings agencies are, of course, uh, U.S. ratings agencies, right? It's like Moody's. And they were asserting that this is actually the U.S. attacking the European system. And I thought there might be something to that. I like it. You know, because uh, who was Moody's, right? It's just a bunch of American. Well, it used to have an Indian guy running it, but it's an American company, Standards and Poor's, American company. And they just downgrade, downgrade. And then just screwing it just to completely annihilate the European system. And I'm like, there is something to that. There really I, is. I'm not against it. Uh, so, so essentially, uh, and, and uh, Sir Steve, uh, Baron Stephen von Pelsmarkers has been sending me tons of articles from, uh, from Belgium. Uh, people are, uh, and he sent me this a few days ago. The people are like freaking out about their money in Dexia. And there is a run on the bank, which, of course, no one will actually say those words anymore. Because I think it's, isn't it foreboding? Uh, isn't it uh, disallowed by governments everywhere to now actually say, uh, well, it's funny run on the bank? Uh, one of our own uh, senators, uh, essentially, uh, I think it was a senator or a congressman, I think it was a senator. I can't, I, unfortunately, 
it eludes me who it is the chat room might remember, but he essentially essentially told people to, to, to take their money out of the Bank of America, which is calling for a run on the Bank of America. And it seems as if, if you look at YouTube videos, that this was taking place in St. Louis. Ah, I have this video where, where their people are being blocked from taking their money out. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear it? And this is not covered at all. No. He came back later and said they would not go along with that. That you would have to withdraw your money online. Now, that would make no sense. Hopefully I don't have a computer. Did you tell them why you were here? No. They could see why I was here. I mean, did, did you tell them you want to go in and withdraw your money? Oh, yeah. I told them that. I showed them my card. I showed them my uh, deposit. Did you tell them you were a customer? Yeah. This card tells them I'm a customer. And I got a current letter saying I'm a customer. And they wouldn't let me in. But they were letting other people in with, I feel, that discrimination. What, what do you want to do with your money instead of having it here? I want to put it in a local bank. I'm going to find a local bank. First, I want them to write me a check. And then I'm going to look for a, a local bank. Now, so this was a, uh, a black guy, and they had SWAT teams in front of the Bank of America. And I think that what they're doing, if I understood the scenario properly, is black people were not being allowed in because I guess they had formed a little mini run with like 20, 30 people, and they were being corralled like, no, you can't do this. I guess, you know, and I don't know, it uh, sounds like discrimination to me. Now, I want to say something. Yeah, that's what he says. I yeah. think it is. As, uh, Mickey and I what were, are you going to do about it? Right. Well, Mickey and I were watching uh, the president speaking this morning uh, before the show started. He actually he ran a little long. Uh, he was supposed to stop at 9 so we could get going, but he ran a little long. And, um, and you know, there was a question about this $5 debit card swipe fee. And, uh, and it's, so, it's so amazing to me. Even, even Mickey was yelling the right answer. That in you know instead of this just being a a free market, even Mickey. Even Mickey. <laughs> well, when no, gonna, yeah, nah, if she I'm heard gonna, that. She's, no, gonna, she's, she's, she's on the phone. Yeah. She's on the phone. I'm oh, Mickey. good thing. Yeah, I, I didn't mean it that way. But Mickey is typically uh, she thinks a long time before she'll come out with an opinion, and she's always on the side of positivity, which I like a lot. Which is why. Okay, okay, you're you're, you're digging yourself out of the hole. Fine, <laughs> thanks. I'm out. <laughs> Whew. Um. And, the, and, you know, it's about, you know, the, well, the banks are hot. Here she comes. <laughs> the banks are behind the financial, uh, you know, reg, because of the financial regulation, the banks now came out and said, you know, well, we're going to have to charge these $5. And the president's saying, well, you know, this used to be a hidden fee because of all of our good work and our regulations. Oh, this is why they're doing it. Phony. Instead of, you know, this is competition. It should just be pure. And this is what, what Mickey immediately said before it came out of my mouth is this is the wrong answer is you just go to a different bank if you don't like it. Not the government's going to protect you for the evil bank. John, we are at a bank, which is a gangster bank, and they don't charge us swipe fees. They don't charge us even we get the money back uh, for the three dollar surcharge on a foreign ATM. There are banks that do this and it's a small community bank. Yeah, the small community banks do their job. And it's crazy because this used to be illegal. And they call you by name when you show up. Dude, when I call them, they're like, hey, Mr. Curry, how you doing? How's Christina? How's Mickey? Or they say Miriam often. <laughs> Her real name. Well, you know, now I'm in yeah. trouble. It's the database. <laughs> it's the database. But still, they're really nice and they do anything to help. And, you know, and you can get you can get your actual bank manager on the phone and they do stuff for you. You know, and and they didn't take any TARP money. It just, it's just, it's just, you can do this. But instead of the president saying, well, go to another bank, you know, 
No, no. Well, we're going to look out for you that you don't get screwed by the evil bankers. This is crazy. Anyway. Yeah, that was bad. So, uh, no, that, that, of course, is not reported about uh, Bank of America at all. And the Dexia thing is not reported at all. We don't know. No Americans know anything about this. And it's huge. This is, and they, uh, the people, all the, all the stock guys do because they follow, you know, they yeah. get the Bloomberg reports yeah. and they have to keep track of this because it's all part of that European f- mess. But no, we get none of that. And uh, 50% of this thing is already owned by the government. But in Belgium now, it's it's out of control. They had they, um, they're also going to bring in the fat tax. Did you hear about it? I think it was Norway that is the first country ever to bring in the fat tax. Now Belgium's going to do it. You know what that is? Uh, no, it's like a value added. No, 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 it's not not vat. If you're fat, if you're overweight, <laughs> if you're overweight, you, like you get screwed. Hey, hey, hey! Step on the scale, slave. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, uh, fatty foods. We'll get. Uh, oh, right, right. No, I do know about that. <laughs> what a bunch of bull crap that is. The fat tax. And in Belgium now, they also have to have. Um, oh, by the way, Gitmo Nation Lowlands is now considering this. Yeah, this is a very good idea. This is uh, fat tax. This is very good. We're to keep our people healthy and pay more for fatty foods. In Belgium now, it is law <laughs> that you have to if you uh, if you buy cigarettes, they have to self extinguish after like thirty seconds if you don't draw on it because it's dangerous. Ooh. <laughs> so because you know we don't want you burning up. We don't want you burning something, you stupid slave. You don't, you don't know how to smoke. It's just, uh, well, while we're on that, this was a funny commercial I came across. This is uh, brand new from General Electric and the United States Department of Agriculture. These days, lots of people are trying to eat more nutritious meals. And to help these individuals maintain their lifestyle, GE has partnered with the USDA to create the MyPlate.gov button. One touch takes you to a smart cooking guide for preparing 44 different menu options, including rice, oatmeal, carrots, broccoli, and other favorite foods that meet the USDA's dietary guidelines. Now it's easy to cook healthy meals in just a few minutes. The MyPlate.gov button, only available from GE. (laughs) The the MyPlate.gov button, pretty soon it'll be like... Oh, I'm sorry. Your microwave doesn't work because it's not healthy what you have in there. This is uh, probably going to happen. And, of course, the, this movement has been taking uh, uh, kind of front, I guess, the f- top of the fold uh, in on so far as these morning shows are concerned. And they're now – the stupidest thing I've ever heard is on ABC – was on ABC Good Morning America where – and the clip is ABC uncovers a school scandal. And you just have to kind of listen to like – our. This is a classic who-are-they-kidding approach to the news. Now to the public school teacher who was coming out of the shadows for the first time after going undercover to document what tens of millions of American students are given for lunch every day. With nearly 20% of our children obese, she set out to show the disservice we're doing our children by serving them highly processed food full of salt and starch. First, here's ABC's Juju Chang. Juju. Juju Chang. Juju Chang. Right. So, uh, so they, and I, I have actually a longer clip that kind of incorporates this. But this <coughs> is the same thing. This is just, if you think about it, she goes undercover. <laughs> to I'm a kid. On school lunches. What does she just walk in? That you can, I can walk into a school and look at the lunches every day of the week and write it down what they are. What do you have to be undercover? Was she wearing a mask? They kicked Jamie Oliver out of the country for going undercover and doing this. 
He was Give all over. Break. Was, what a cross. The under, whole uh, undercover. Look undercover. at these horrible lunches they're feeding these kids. <laughs> we didn't know. Hey, did they have uh, like the buttonhole camera footage? Like they were like this shaky cam? Like, uh, oh my God, look at that. It's starch. Uh, it's bad. It's very bad. Starch. 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 This is bad starch. They should have a myplate.gov button in the in the cafeteria. Yeah. Now, this nanny state stuff is not good. It's not the way it is in Texas, boy. I'll tell you that. Yet. <laughs> well, let's listen to some of your Texas governor. Uh, play. Hey, 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 hey. Easy does it, pal. This guy, this guy, this Perry <laughs> character is just so pathetic. And listen to the way he, he's worse than Bush. He, he's making gaffes. Bush never made gaffes when he was first running. He only did later. But this guy can't really say anything without sounding like an idiot. I have two clips. Perry is an idiot one, and Perry is an idiot two. All of us agree that uh, the word that was on that rock is a very offensive rock uh, and, and a very offensive word. At the, <laughs> what? the word on that rock was a very <laughs> offensive rock. I thought it was talking about Iraq. Uh, it's Iraq, Iraq, Iraq. Let me hear that rock. Let me hear the rock. All of us agree that uh, the word that was on that rock is a very offensive rock. Uh, and, and a very offensive word. Bad yeah, rock. But, bad rock, go stand over there by the bad bank. And then now play Perry is an idiot, too. Mitt needs to get a position and stick with it. I mean, he's he's uh, he's flipping more than that uh, great movie star flipper. Ah! Adios, mofo. <laughs> that great movie star flipper. <laughs> what a douche. Hold on a second. I gotta, uh, what an idiot. Yeah, we're, we're running him out of Texas. Don't and worry. They, they're, just guys, they're anxious. I mean, Rush Limbaugh is the biggest supporter. He just wants this guy to be president. Oh, we're running him out, man. We're running him out, out of town. Wow, that's pretty funny. I like Great that. Great movie star flipper. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, let me go. Uh, let me see. Let's see. Um... Let's go. Uh, oh, something. There was some news, believe it or not. Uh, the United Nations held a vote, and the vote was to uh, basically create a no fly zone over Syria. Oh, I thought they were going to do a no fly zone over New York. Yeah, well, they should. Remember? Yeah, it. no. This, this, this. Uh, go on, and I'll. So this yeah. is. So this, this has been going. Classic. Yeah, it's been going on for a while. Uh, and uh, they essentially they put together a bunch of uh, really weak sanctions just to get another step, and both Russia and China vetoed the bill. And Susan Rice, my favorite, along with Lucifer Clinton, she stormed out of the General Assembly because she was outraged. Against China and Russia vetoing the resolution. Не принятый сегодня проект. Today's refused draft was based on the philosophy of confrontation. We can't agree with this unilateral accusation against Damascus. We believe it unacceptable, the threat or ultimatum of sanctions against the Syrian authorities. European countries in the U.S. had backed the resolution. The United States is outraged that this council has utterly failed to address an urgent moral challenge and a growing threat to regional peace and security. During his speech, the Syrian ambassador criticized the U.S., leading to this response. The U.S. delegation walking out. The end of an embarrassing day for the United Nations. 
the resolution defeated, and deep divisions within the UN over Syria all too clear. And then she clippity-clopped her way right out well, of there. You know, we, and of course, we spotted that this uh, Syria thing was taken off the table by analyzing the New York Times reporting, especially right. showing there. Right. And of course, not to mention the guy you talked about earlier in the day. So this entire thing was total theater. It was bullcrap. China and uh, Russia. Russia were told were given the go ahead to do this, so they could look good to their people, and we could look like you know oh, we're just a, we're aghast, you know that yeah. this would happen. The whole thing is a scam because yeah. Syria is no longer in play. It, it, they stopped this stopped months ago. And, and, and can I just say, I don't believe that any of that bullcrap we're being fed is true. No, the whole thing is bogus. That which you mentioned earlier in the show with that guy who went over yeah, there and Father saw Pat. nothing. He was yeah. he was he saw more action in Chicago than he did in Syria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this has been this has pretty much been the message. But for some reason, we want to make it. I don't know what the deal is. We have to we have to be on the wrong side on this issue. We're, well, for we're, some you and reason. I, you and I are definitely both on the wrong side of history. My friend, <laughs> this is what Susan Rice keeps repeating. She did a press conference right after that, where she comes out and says, "She's a phony." Oh, she, she knows that this was rigged. She, she's a douchebagette. She comes out and she says, "Well, I certainly didn't expect to be standing at the press conference this early." And she's an idiot. Oh God, I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. She's annoying. She's an annoying woman with her hair so all tied serious, back. Serious off the table. Bahrain yeah. is off the table. Even though they probably have more action going on there, nobody wants to talk about the Israeli protesting. The no, the uh, American no. protesting is going no, by the way of no, co-option. No, let's not do that. No, at the, at the ultimate goal, I think it's still all about Iran, John. I mean, that's 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 where all roads lead to Tehran. Every every country that's talked about it's eventually you know Iran supporting them. They got a nuclear weapon. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they. I don't know how they're going to pull this off, but that's what they're aiming for. It's donation time. Don't you mean donation time? He means Adam's got another story about drones. Yeah, I've actually got uh, a little bit of drone nation story. Uh, you have drone stories. I have drone stories. Indeed, uh. I do. There is, uh, and I was quite surprised by this. I don't know if you were copied on this email, but there is a, uh, <laughs> in the United States uh, government, there is an unmanned systems caucus. Now, can you explain to us what a caucus is? Because we've heard of the Black it's a, Caucus. It's a gathering of like-minded or people who are specialists or or it's like a club. So uh, they have a website, uh, unmannedsystemscaucus.mckeon.house.gov, and I have their mission and main goals right here. Um, as members of this caucus, we won. Acknowledge the overwhelming value of these systems to the defense, intelligence, homeland security, law enforcement, and scientific communities. Two, recognize the urgent need to rapidly develop and deploy more unmanned systems in support of ongoing civil, military, and law enforcement operations. Three, work with the military, industry, the Department of Homeland Security, NASA, the Federal Aviation Administration, and other stakeholders to seek fair and equitable solutions to challenges created by UAV operations in the U.S. national airspace. Four. Oh. oh it gets better. Support our class, world-class industrial base that engineers, develops, manufactures, and tests unmanned systems and creating thousands of American jobs. 
And five, support policies and budgets that promote a larger, more robust national security unmanned system capability. This sounds like something for me. In fact, the co-chairs welcome you to the website. Hello, I'm Henry Cuellar. Hi, I'm Buck McKeon. And we want to welcome you to the Congressional Unmanned Systems Caucus website. The webpage has been redesigned to meet the growing (laughs) demand for information on the Unmanned Systems Caucus. Cost us $18 million. Caucus. Congressman Cuellar and I are both excited to co-chair a caucus that has grown over 30% in the 112th Congress. The goal of the Congressional Unmanned Systems Caucus is to educate members of Congress, stakeholders, and the public on the strategic, tactical, and scientific value of unmanned systems. Our caucus recognizes the overwhelming value of unmanned systems in the scientific, intelligence, law enforcement, and homeland security communities. The members of our bipartisan caucus are committed to the growth and expansion of these systems in all sectors. We face a new reality of increased violence along our southern border associated with illegal trafficking of drugs, weapons, cash, and humans. Though we've taken critical steps to interdict illegal activity and prevent any spillover of violence, our nation's communities along our borders and coastal waters continue to face a unique exposures to threats. Unmanned systems provide real-time surveillance information to federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies while keeping personnel out of high-risk and hazardous environments. <laughs> Hopefully you will find our new website as a great resource for unmanned systems. In addition to the website, our office staff is ready to assist you with issues related to this rapidly expanding industries. Awesome. You guys rock. This is fantastic. We have a whole club talking about drones, which is good for America. And, of course, my theory has been all along that this next-gen Aviation system, right? right? This is your uh, this is your theme. Yeah. So there's a couple. You know, once again, we've had a couple of stories. Uh, they came out once again with um, there's new information all of a sudden about the Air France crash. Um, uh, the investigation is, keeps getting reopened, and uh, for any airman out there, I mean, to me, this sounds wrong, uh, but I'll read this little quote. So what they're trying to do is discredit pilots. Pilots bad. Uh, automated systems that fly people around good. I've lost the VSI. That's vertical speed indicator. The junior co-pilot said of the Airbus vertical speed indicator, according to a recorded, recording detailed in the report from the court-appointed experts. In fact, the instrument was functioning normally. Its analog needle immobilized at the lower limit because the plane was hurtling towards the ocean at 15,000 feet a minute, uh, a document uh, seen by Bloomberg News. And what they're saying is, that the pilots were the title of it is the pilots were in error and confused. Now let me tell you one thing: when your aircraft is is descending at fifteen thousand feet a minute, you're knowing this, okay? You're knowing this because shit, you're fl- you're floating in the cockpit. Fifteen thousand feet per minute. So to say that they didn't understand what was going on and didn't understand—I mean, it's a lie. It's totally to set you up to make you feel that pilots are no good. Air controller partly to blame for fatal crash, says uh, ABC News. And this was a crash in 2004 in uh, Australia. Uh, this is the, so this is the controller, another part of the air, the air system. 
The Victoria uh, coroner has found air traffic controller was partly to blame for a fatal plane crash in the state's northeast in 2004. The twin-engine turbopop crashed and burst into flames. Uh, the coroner, who apparently is an aviation expert, ruled an air traffic controller and satellite navigational error were to blame because experienced pilot Kerry Endicott was not notified he had traveled off course before impact. I'm not buying this either. You know, when you're doing an instrument landing, you've got instruments and you have steam gauges and not just GPS. So I'm just not buying the explanation. And so all of these stories and the, the aviation reporting is always poor regardless. They're being pushed in your face to make you feel comfortable with the idea of a system that uh, of course, managed by the government, which will keep automatic separations, will land the planes automatically. Oh, those pesky pilots, they can't make any mistakes. And there was a meeting at the AOPA, the, uh, that's the Pilots Association. They brought in a guy from the Unmanned uh, Aerial Vehicle uh, Industry Association, and he gives it away and tells exactly what the plan is, as I've been predicting all along. Um. Trying to try to integrate some of this wonderful technology uh, so that we can peacefully integrate, peacefully coexist with manned aircraft, reducing the threats that that um, that, that are legitimate in some respects, uh, so that we can uh, we can all fly in the same airspace without putting additional burden on the manned industry or the unmanned industry. We will simply comply with the requirements of the new airspace, new air traffic. Uh, um, next gen so to speak uh system as it as it unfolds there you go so what he's saying is the transition happens we bring in the next gen system we'll all be playing together nicely we've got legitimate concerns by the way notice he says legitimate concerns about the manned vehicles and then before you know it it's going to be drones flying everywhere and you're actually going to get on a drone this is how crazy it is you will you want to flight to austin get on the drone droneairways.com that's our new business uh john Oh, we need the website, yeah. droneairways.com. droneairways.com. And it is so wrong. This is such an egregious government program. You just really don't want this. You really, really don't. And there's a whole caucus just to get, it's great, scientific and civil and law enforcement, more Science drones. Science is in. Yep. Ha- just have all kinds of drones flying around. It's great. The science is in. Yeah, we need a bunch of drone <laughs> drone airways. So the, so this fence they're going to build in ca- across Canada. They 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 said no, it was not really a fence. We're going to there's a whole area in North Dakota area. We're going to just we're going to build a big trench because <laughs> it's impractical to put a fence there. So we're going to build a trench. How deep is this thing? I don't know. <laughs> it's going to trench. Whoops. Uh, Canada must be a huge threat to the U.S. Oh, there's all these terrorists are pouring in the Canadians through the Canadian border. Really? How much terrorist activity do we actually have? We had some, I was listening to some douchebag, female douchebag on one of the talk shows. Douchebag. On Fox going on and on about, oh, you know, the the problem going on in New York is that, you know, they're, 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 Police are spending too much time with these protesters, and the terrorists are are being ignored. You know what terrorists? It makes it sound like the town's crawling with them. And by the way, my prediction, which I'm putting in the book, is in the dead of night over the next couple of weekends, the cops are going to roll in around three in the morning and clear out this whole protest operation. Oh, yeah. oh I guarantee that. I guarantee it. It's going to be wiped clean. Yeah, but I'll, I'll you put that in the book as your prediction. I'm I'm totally on board with it though. Well, the Canadians actually do know about terrorism, 
And I think that they uh, they would like a trench. I know we talked about this, but I hadn't actually seen the video. This is uh, in Vancouver. Uh, Dick Cheney was uh, coming up to read from his book. <laughs> and they're all out there. They're going to arrest him. This is a dark day for Canada. In 2000, the Canadian Parliament passed a statute that the Canadian Crimes Against Humanity and War Crimes Act. And that states that Canada is not to be a haven. It's not to give refuge for war criminals. In my view, the most obvious, notorious war criminal, or credibly accused war criminal, because he hasn't had a trial yet, is Dick Cheney. <laughs> not only did he lie to go to war, his lies leading to a million deaths, but he's self-confessed torturers. scumbags in here right now. Torture chat tonight, eh? Oh, oh, I hope you get a lot of laughs. International. Hey. Yeah. We played this clip uh, two shows ago. We talked about it. I don't think we played it. We played a clip, and it was had the same guy moaning. It was called Dick Wars, is the clip. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. So I'm, God, that's okay. You <laughs> now call you me catch me. Now you catch me. You catch me. I don't have the horn. No, but I do have. Uh... <laughs> and now, back to real news. Something you uncovered, John. A new word was going to be integrated into the NBC and ABC and CBS sitcoms. The word? Rhymes with. Angina. Here it is, The Whitney Show. Oh. Listen, it is okay, man. Everyone breaks up eventually. We are not meant to be with one person for that long. Three years. I mean, you want to have pizza every night for three years? Yeah, actually. Okay, bad example. The same vagina? <laughs> wow. That's the a right worst show by the way. That's some writing right there. No story. Yeah. That's a that's that's some writing right there, everybody. <laughs> Do you want the same vagina every night? <laughs> we, we've been watching uh, myself and JC uh, Buzzkill uh, Jr. have been watching all the new sitcoms because there's a Crap load of man. We compare them all to Whitney as, is it as bad as Whitney? <laughs> yeah, really. And we've actually found a couple that are worse. No. no. Oh, yeah. They canceled the, the Mad Men uh, at the club, the Playboy show. They canceled that already. Uh, they, well, that didn't have a prayer. No. they Pan got Am stinks, by the that's way. That's Mad Men in the air. And then uh, what else do they have? Uh, I, I, I haven't watched. We'll oh, go over By that. the way, uh, very nice <laughs> to see uh, X Factor failing. Failing, outrageously failing. Happy it's, to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's well, good. I'm just getting sick of these these amateur hour shows. I mean, it's just like how many of this crap can we take? Yeah, but it's a, okay. It's we a, have a lot of people that can sing. It's a cycle. Okay, but no, it's it. a it's a fractal, as you would call it. It's a, it's a cycle. It's a, it it comes it comes around it and it's over. Around. Yeah, I mean, it just started with the Gong Show, and it, uh, time is over, and it's good because uh, you know people are sick and tired of reality. They want uh, acted stuff. Excuse me. Unfortunately, the active stuff sucks balls. There's nothing good. Nothing. So, uh, yeah. Well, there's actually a couple of watchable shows. So, uh, so I, we've talked about this post office thing, which still galls me to no end because you can just keep seeing it. They're trying to privatize the post office more than has already been privatized. Right. And I, I've dug up that clip that we didn't have, and I want people to listen to this. This post office, the attack on the post office, is an entire scam propagated by Congress and and I don't know who else, but it's got to be stopped. We cannot afford to let the post office, you know, 
closed down, essentially. The people want to destroy the Postal Service had to manufacture a crisis. Who wants to destroy the post office? Well, because they know it's an essential uh, business, business, it's a function that will have to take place anyway. The Postal Service in 2004 did $70 billion in business. In 2010, it did $67 billion in business. So what's the tremendous drop in business? It's only because there was a spike in 5, 6, and 7 uh, because of, of, of the economy going up. The economy goes down. It, it, Postmaster General Patrick R. Donahue uh, how negotiated uh, with the union in April. In July, he was going to Congress and saying we have to pass laws to break this contract. What, what happened between April and July? Absolutely nothing. If Donahue uh, did this uh, contract, which was attacked by ISA, was so bad, why is Donahue in his job now? He should have been fired. What about the effect of email? on the post office. Well, obviously there's some kind of effect on uh, uh, from email. Uh, that's true. Massive effect. But in 2006, it was the biggest volume that the post office ever handled in its 236-year history. Uh, explain the scam, John. Well, ICE is somehow behind it and because uh, he's the he's the spokeshole for the anti-post office uh, operations. I think it's either Federal Express or a combination of Federal Express and UPS trying to steal their business. They did this exact same thing in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, and they private. So, uh, and in fact, I remember talking about this, and this was in 2008, probably, where they did a survey, and they brought and one of the one of the uh, industry experts they brought in to actually run the survey, run the investigation, was the CEO of TNT. The commercial uh, postal service in uh, in the Netherlands and TNT right. is pretty big, actually. And he said, "Well, well, no, it won't work. Nope. Yeah, we got to privatize that." And boom, who gets the contract? TNT. And they're they're now running the postal service. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a uh, this it's, is an out and out scam. Yeah, and uh, how how's that going to work for our stamp rates? Oh, we were instead of paying forty four cents to send an, a mail. You know, any mail, of course, there'll be a lot of propaganda that the mail gets lost when it really doesn't. But instead of spending 44 cents, it'll probably be like $2 uh, per letter and up. It's going to destroy all direct mail marketing, period, because no one can afford this, these kind of rates. It's just going to be a, it's it's a it's an opportunity for these companies, uh, UPS and uh, US, yeah, UPS, United Parcel and Federal Express. Express to to make a ton of money uh, on the backs of the American public, and this is a the post office is guaranteed in the Constitution. I think there's something else going on. There's okay. an ad- additional piece to this. Uh, we know that uh, the current uh, USPS, the United States Postal Service, is uh, being commissioned to spy on people. And I think there's some more great groovy contracts for whoever takes over the postal system. Because, uh, you know, the Postmaster General has, uh, you know, they, they got like police powers. They're very, right. very powerful stuff. I think that there's some extra benefit con- uh, contracts in there for Homeland Security. And uh, whoever is delivering your post will also be checking you out, bitch. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That would be good. And also you can probably run scams uh, because the post office, when you run a scam through the post office, you know, some sort of a, a ripoff. Mm-hmm. You can get indicted as a, fel- you know, as a felony. You yeah. can actually probably run scams through FedEx oh, yeah. and get away with it. I mean, the whole thing 
is this this is a scam and it, the public is seems to be they're being taken in by this. I mean, except for this one report on democracy now with a union guy complaining. But, but, but the fact of the matter is this is not being covered by the mainstream at all. You said it again. Fact of the matter. Sorry. It's okay. You should honk it every time I do it. Yeah. Well, but uh, as you explained to me, I, I had what was my? I had another one early, like a couple of years ago. Somebody kept pointing out to me. I kept saying it over nah, and over. So we, we go through phases like this. Don't worry about it. Uh, there was uh, there. Uh, you pointed out on the on the previous show that the reason why they have no money is because they had to prepay seventy billion dollars in pensions. No, seventy five years. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> big difference. <laughs> yeah, they pay seventy five years in advance. Yeah, you know, it's like why you, you have to look at that bill that I, I'm sure ISA's behind it. This ISA guy is a bad actor here. Oh yeah, well ISA is actually behind uh, the big investigation going on now that uh, is also um, being underreported. Although I think the president did address it briefly in a backward way. And I think lied to the American public, and it will come back. He'll be on the wrong side of history on this one. This Fast and Furious, which we uh, reported on months ago, uh, as it was just brewing. So now apparently, uh, Eric Holder, the Attorney General, uh, uh, in congressional testimony under oath said, "Yeah, this Fast and Furious thing. I heard about it only a few weeks ago." And it turns out, a CBS News reporter uncovered. A memo, and you have to always be. Now CBS has been on this from the get-go. I remember we played the CBS report, which I thought was actually pretty good. Uh, they've been all over this, um, and it may be because CBS is just you know co-opted by some group. Uh, who knows? They're not. They're certain ABC is not on this story. Uh, they uncovered a memo in 2010 that specifically addressed the Fast and Furious program by name, sent to Attorney General Eric Holder. Who then says, oh, well, you know, it was a, like a memo. I wasn't reading it. And, of course, this is all under Freedom of Information Act. CBS uh, sued to get this. The whole page is black except for, you know, one or two sentences that actually says uh, Fast and Furious. And I, was, uh, I got a clip from, um, I'm not a big fan, the Laura Ingram show. And she had this reporter on the phone. And uh, so she's been badgering the Department of Justice and the White House who brought in the Schultz guy. To, you know, to basically do crisis management on this very issue, Fast and Furious. And uh, here was uh, her experience when she was trying to get some quotes out of uh, Department of Justice and the White House on uh, the Attorney General's knowledge of this uh, program, which wound up, of course, uh, an, uh, an American fed gun uh, killed a Border Patrol agent. But I think probably drugs are being run in the opposite direction. There's a lot of crap in this, and I've said earlier, I think this is Obama's Watergate. Here's uh, the response she got. Further, but they won't go, they will never go on the record with some sort of firm answer to these questions. They just sort of float these explanations out there. And mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting that this, the DOJ press person would not put anything in writing yesterday for me, and now really? wants to argue the point as to what had been said on the phone and what should have been said in my report. Well, that's why I wanted it in writing, so they can't come back later and claim you know, claim things were said that weren't said. So they were literally screaming at you? Yes. Um, well, the DOJ woman was just yelling at me. A uh, guy from the Who White House on Friday night literally screamed at me. Um, Who was the person? Who was the person at Justice screaming? Eric Schultz. Oh, uh, the person screaming was Tracy Schmaller. She was yelling, not screaming. And oh, the yelling. person who screamed at me was Eric Schultz at the White House. Screaming at her. Can you imagine that? Wow. Screaming, and if you uh, if you uh, consult the book of knowledge. 
If you look up Eric Schultz, let me just do that right now. Uh, pretty interesting background. Uh, well, of course, you get a whole you get the football guy Eric Schultz. Let's see Eric Schultz, White House. I thought I saved a link about this guy, but he was brought in recently, uh, and he's uh, boy. I'll have to look that up for you. Uh, but he but he he literally was brought in as a uh, special counsel or something to do uh, damage control on this. So they're, they're freaking out. They're, and this, I think, remember the White House insider from Ulsterman that I, that I was all over? I think, th- yeah. yeah, he said, in his earlier reports, he said, look, there's a big scandal brewing and there's a memo out there. And I think this might have been what he was referring to. And I think this whole White House, the whole thing is just falling apart. It's completely, it's falling apart at the seams. And if I look at our president, the guy looks deflated. Not only that, he's, he looks haggard, and, his, and he hasn't even taken the time to dye his hair. I mean, he's really gray last time I saw him. Even uh, the morning Joe Shills were talking about him. Exactly <laughs> what happened in September of 1967. But I will guarantee you, nobody in September, what is today? Nobody on September 19th, 1967 ever dreamed in a million years that six months later, Lyndon Johnson would announce to the country on March the 30th that he was not running for re-election. Six months is a lifetime. What did McMillan say in politics? A week is a lifetime. Six months is a lifetime. If these numbers keep going down, is there any possibility that this president decides to step down? This is what we've been predicting all along. And now that... And, you know, and... and, and What's not helping the president is Lady Obama racking up the bill on these uh, trips of hers. There's now somebody, apparently somebody's dug into the Freedom of Information Act to get the numbers on her trip to Africa where she loaded up Air Force One with a bunch of... No, no, it was was a C-132. It wasn't Air Force One. Okay, well, it was a C-132, which is not a cheap plane to fly. (laughs) No, it's like uh, $16,000 an hour just to fly it. Yeah, and it's like a long trip. She she flew it with a bunch of her friends and family yeah. uh, to Africa, and it, and the, and the bill. And supposedly, when you're taking government uh, joyrides uh, that that are not business, apparently she claims that she did some business. Yeah, but it was she it visited was, the was, Nelson Mandela's museum or something. Yeah, but the fact of the the, the, the fact is, I don't think that's she good either. She was on vacation. Like yeah, with her friends and their and, and, and her family, the government and her family, and but they were listed the two girls and um, and her. There was like three or four other family members. I think were listed as uh, senior officials <laughs> on the manifest. They got some senior yeah. officials here. I got, I, but that's been reported everywhere. And I, in all it's honesty, a half a million dollars. Yeah, but you know, money. and this goes on and on. She does. She's constantly wasting. Money. Yeah, but Laura Bush did that too. She went to Africa Not all to the this time. Yeah, but I, I like this one better because I'm always because you know it's amazing how many new appointments the uh, this administration is making. And so every single day, there's a new appointment, a new appointment, a new person. It's like they're they're churning oh, through people like boys. crazy. Uh, White House announces Sorry. new okay. chief. Are you still there? I have to. What are you doing? Hello? Hello, 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 hello. Hello? Okay, I'm back. You're back? 
So they're ch- I was saying that the White House is churning through staff. And this one came out. White House announces new chief usher. Now, do you know what the chief usher does? You see the one that says, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. No. Incorrect. <laughs> I like doing it. No, the uh, I'm actually going to bring up the uh, official White House page, the press page, and I will give you the definition of what the usher does. <clears throat> As chief usher, Reed is her name, Angela Reed, will be responsible for over- overseeing all aspects of the operations and activities within the executive residence. What's the matter, darling? Hey! <laughs> right Doesn't on. she already have a staff of about 25 people? <laughs> so... Yes. So the executive residence and the executive residence grounds. Among her many responsibilities, Reed will oversee management of the executive residence to ensure activities and resources of the humankind, I'm sure, are used efficiently and effectively. Now, let's look at Angela Reed's curriculum. Angela Reed currently is general manager at the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> If I'm going to have anyone come in and take care of my house, I want it to be the bitch who's running the Ritz, okay? That's what I want. The Ritz-Carlton. Are you kidding me? Now, one day after Michelle Obama, and uh, and now we know it. Remember what Michelle Obama was wearing when she was in Target? Yeah. It was like a, a flowery, leathered, uh, layered type dress? Yeah. One day later, hot on the heels of its sellout of its sellout Misani collection, Target's newest fashion partner has been revealed to be Jason Wu. Jason Wu is Michelle Obama's favorite designer. In fact, he designed uh, her inauguration dress, and she was wearing a Jason Wu in Target. This whole thing was a promotion. Yeah, didn't we call it when it, when we first saw it? We suspected it was. Yeah, we 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 thought it was a Target promotion, but we didn't know it was a Jason Wu designer no, Target she's promotion. She's got a job when she gets out of this other one. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Good job. It's corrupt. This is the most. This this operation is totally corrupt. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. The whole operation. I still. I you know someone needs to do some crap on this Valerie Jarrett woman. She's the one that's that's she's the evil one. You know I don't like you have her. Something about yeah, her. Yeah, she's the handler and she's keeping the president. Right. She's probably sticking him full of drugs. I don't know what's going on. I think he would have given up if it wasn't for her. You got to. <laughs> she's the one. That's possible. Uh, the Obamas have the whole family living in the White House. Yeah, mother-in-law, brother-in-law. Yeah, I know they got everybody in there. What's up with that? Yeah. It's hmm. like, so uh, I've, I've got a second century. So we've got a uh, a clip here that uh, you wanted to talk about before we get into uh, thanking some of our uh, donors for this program. Yeah, actually, there's two clips. But before we play that one that says the pre-donor clip, I have to because I have to set that one up. I want to play a clip. This is just this was a clip off the PBS uh, NewsHour that, that you know they roll out all these commercials during the NewsHour and they do this. Commercial for Chevron with dun, da, 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 they got this this music this very noticeable music, mm-hmm. but they've added a, a, a twist. They've added a new factoid to their little propaganda, and I want to see. I don't know if you can spot it, but I want to see if you can spot. They've added a there's a there's a sudden emergence of a new kind of a mini meme 
because we have talked about this year, at least two years ago. But play the the clip that's called uh, New Twist. New Twist is that what? Yeah, New yeah. Twist. Head on tonight's News Hour. Major funding for the PBS News Hour has been provided by. Okay, listen. Somebody has got to get serious. Well, that, uh, we need renewable energy. Energy is vital to our planet. You hear about alternatives, right? Wind, solar, algae. I think it's going to work on a big scale, and I think it's going to be affordable. So, where are they? It has to work in the real world. At Chevron, we're investing millions in solar and biofuel technologies to make it work. we got to get on this now. Right now. Uh, well, obviously, they're, they're using kind of the, uh, the reality uh, format. Did you notice anything? Because this commercial has been running for a long time, and this is the first time, at least I noticed, them dropping in algae. Yeah, I did hear algae. Huh. So I wonder what that's all about. Well, that's probably... Because I mean, you remember we, we had the guy that was on, this was a clip, this was a long time ago, yeah. where the clip, the guy says... Uh, the algae car, I remember that. Algae car, algae he drove car. a car from California <laughs> to St. Louis on algae. algae. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so I guess this could come back into play or something. So do you do you think that uh, there will be a negative story on PBS about uh, algae or about Never. Chevron? No, that Prob- is a crock of crap. You mean that we're going to suddenly algae is going to be a new source of energy? I don't think so. I don't think so. Telling me, wait a second. So you're telling me Obama is not systematically liquid? But no, no. But six Williams wasn't implying that. He was I just making an analogy that was so offensive that they booted him off. ESPN booted him off. I guess. That's because it's all about commerce, and they can't rock the boat over yeah, there. For right. God's sakes, okay. they, he's got to be whacked. That, don't take it seriously, Hank. It's just a, it's a fiscal decision. You slipped up, they'd probably let you back in because they know you didn't mean he's killed six million Jews, but it's fiscal. <laughs> you got to go. This is about uh, Hank Williams Jr., uh, who all, I, I've never actually seen it, but I guess uh, at the beginning of Monday Night Football, he starts off with a song or something. And right, song keeps- himself is a customized song for everything, but he he on some other on some Fox show made some allusion to Hitler. And so like they do on all these commercial networks, if you slip up. Yeah, you're out. You're out. You're out. It's like, no, what he said was Boehner and Obama golfing together was like Netanyahu and Hitler hanging yeah. out. <laughs> Goodbye, Hank. You're yeah, off. so he's fired. I just wanted, I only pointed, I wanted to run this clip because just to point out the fact that when you watch any of the commercial stuff besides, I mean, our show is not sponsored for a reason because we cannot be beholding to this sort of mentality. No, we would be kicked if, off if very quickly. Adam slips up and <laughs> what, says something. What do you mean if Adam slips up? If, <laughs> what do you mean? If that's my fault? It's like the, the yeah. reason we don't have commercials is to hedge because I, I'm an idiot. Is that it? <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm just saying if Adam or me, you never let me finish the sentence. Yeah. Or I slip up. Yeah. If either one of us <laughs> slipped up, we, we were not fired from the show because the show is the, the only thing that we can do wrong is to lose our audience because they, you know, we're, we're we suck. By do, actually, by 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 kowtowing to the, the the powers that be, the corporations, we would lose our audience. So we, you know, we have there was a, it was a couple of years ago. We were being courted somewhat by uh, Westwood One Radio Network. Remember that? Yeah. And they were really talking about, hey, you know, this uh, 
know, this is a growth market, this type of show, you know, it's controversial, you guys are good. And then I sent uh, a link. <laughs> they listened to one show. <laughs> Never heard back from them again. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no, that's not going to work for our advertisers, unfortunately. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, on No Agenda. And so we do have some uh, people that help us, and they're called our listeners. We don't sell our listeners anything except the show. Stan Salisbury uh, at Gainesville, Florida, contributed one thirty-three thirty-two. Hey, John and Adam, subscribing to the eleven dollar eleven cent plan, but making my donations for all twelve months. This number of people yeah, have done this, that's by the way. Cool, yeah, I like two thousand eleven to one. We should probably put it on the list. The one donation at one thirty-three thirty-two. My wife Nan and I are up in Gitmo Nation, Great White North, enjoying all the still pleasant. The still pleasant fall weather on our log cabin in mm. Manitoulin Island in northern Ontario. Sounds Please send great. us some karma for a safe trip home. Yeah, we'll give you some of that. Be careful. You've got karma. So he comes back, he goes, and he lives in Gainesville, I guess. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Well, he's smart. You should stay up there because the crap is going to hit the fan down, uh, down south here. And uh, apparently he wants to wish everyone in Canada a happy Thanksgiving, which is on October 10th. Hmm. They have a Thanksgiving in in Canada. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Because uh, they didn't kill the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? You okay there? Sorry, yeah. Corey uh, Gigliotti. Uh-huh. Port. Ugh. You know, I know how to pronounce this, but it's Poco. BC, finally not a boner. Show notes are priceless. By the way, the show notes are priceless, and I don't think enough people take advantage of them, but students out there should specifically look over the show notes for ideas for papers. Uh, Anyway, what's a douchebag call out for anyone listening for five or more shows without donating? Douchebag! And he also wants karma for a new job. Okay, we'll hand him that. I could have done a double shot, actually. You've got karma. It was different. It was targeted differently. (laughs) Targeted We have to consider the target. Hey, hey, are you chilling for target? uh, (laughs) Anyway, you get one, two, three, four, five. Brett Corbett in Brisbane, Queensland. Email to Adam R.E. Gitmo down under Andrew Bolt racial vilification laws and the loss of our freedom of speech. Keep hitting him in the mouth. Uh, Michael Bowling, Watsonville, California, 8412. I got re-douched for not donating in a while, so I need to be de-douched again. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do we have a re-douching? Uh, this, no, I, he needs a de-douching. He got re-douched on his own. I know, but I didn't know you could get... Oh, he re-douched himself. Yeah. Okay, here's your de-douching. You've been de-douched. But he also needs a call-out for his buddy Richard as a major douchebag for never donating, ever. Cheap bastard. Cheap bastard, he calls him. Also, can I get some karma? Jeez, buddy. <laughs> okay, karma well, for my girlfriend. You've got karma. She's going to grad school, 84 12. Gregory Davies in Lawton, Oklahoma, one of our regulars. No, I guess no, not. Brand, brand new. Brand new. Brand Lawton, we got other people. $80. Hey, John and Adam, aside from the fact that your podcast is fantastic listening and the work you do is brilliant. I think a good idea might be to get people to uh, donate whenever John drops an F-bomb. I noticed he dropped one in the last episode. So here's my donations for John's swear jar. When John says, fuck, send in a buck. Uh, How about 80? It wouldn't be that much money. I would appreciate some karma, so thanks always. I think it should be more than a buck. That doesn't make any sense. It has to be like 80. I like that. You've got karma. 
Anonymous in Randwick, uh, New South Wales, uh, 80. Andrew Gardner in Avenue, Maryland, 6461. Give, giving you the same amount that I have in my union douchebags every month. So I give to my union who are douchebags every month. Value for value, the way I get more, this way I get more from you guys. Daniel Hutner, Sir Daniel Hutner to you. Uh, Murphy's, California, double nickels on the dime in the morning. Been a while since I checked in. My wife, Jen, could use some karma. She's 14 weeks in the incubation of a future slave and has already been put on the bed rest. Oh. <laughs> he also forwarded digitaljudgmentlesson.com to no agenda show. So keep up the great work. All right. Here's for your bed rested milk. You've got karma. And to your future human resource. Heather Aronson in San Francisco. Uh, double nickels on the dime. Hey, guys, thanks for putting a smile on my face in the otherwise sad time. You're the best. XOXO. PS3 XO. better be planning that West Coast tour. Otherwise, what? I don't know. Mm. She doesn't say. Mm. Uh, Adam Shasted in Knoxville, Tennessee, fifty-one thirty-three. Love the show. Please, sorry. Oh, please de-douche me and call out my friends for being non-donating douchebag. So he needs a de-douching followed by. Douche. Right. You've been de-douched. And who do we have to douchebag? Uh, Clifton S, Jason douche H, Jason S, Corey L, and Erich M. Well, I'll just do a mass douchebagging. Douchebag. For all them douchebags. Douchebags. Bags. <laughs> Aaron Harper in Smyrna, Georgia. $50. New slave will be added to the nation this week. I like some karma for the baby. Uh, all right. Hey, that's cool. We got lots of babies coming. This and is good. Be, uh, yeah, a lot of babies in this episode. It'll be uh, donated again for a birthday shout out once her RFID is installed. <laughs> oh, and John Galt says hi. I guess there's a guy down there named John Galt. Whoever that is. Who is John? Who is Galt? that guy? I got John Tarada in Pasadena, California. Fifty dollars. Please add some karma for my job interviews. Ready? Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. All right. You've got karma. New donor Joshua Defabaugh in Osterberg, Pennsylvania. I'd like to get some karma for a startup I work on called Rockbot, R O Q B O T dot com. We should look it up. We have a make it or break it meeting coming up on the 10th with a pretty legitimate VC firm named for a tree. Oh, would that be? What do you think? Sequoia. Sequoia. Duh. (laughs) I would love to hear what you think about our business. Basically, we are a better jukebox. We have quite a few venues in the Bay Area, a couple in L.A. and even some in Austin. Oh, there you have it. I think John would be particularly enjoy our business model since blah, blah, blah. He graduated from Penn State last spring, working on less than a minimum wage. Uh, give him a, a karma and see if he gets any money. Yeah, good we'll luck. Yeah, let us know. Well, you know what? I'll tell you in a second. You've here. got karma. If you, uh, if and we'll you talk. Su- no, yeah, exactly. If you raise a round, you need to immediately hire the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group uh, to yeah. help you. Yeah, we yeah. can do all the media stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> um. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. Anonymous, Holly Springs, North Carolina, fifty dollars. <laughs> uh, just... Shows have been good lately. <laughs> I'm using the information I get during the show to educate my friends and coworkers. Can you play the Audios Mofos jingle? We played it once already. You can play it again if you want. No, I'm happy to play it. I, I just had an idea about uh, Audios Mofo. There you go. There's your Audios Mofo. K- Kieran Burke. In Framingham, Massachusetts, $50. Lawrence Roik, or Sir Lawrence Roik to you. Burlington, Ontario. Uh, John and Ann, it's been a while, so a small token of thanks. Also, I'm forwarding my domain, cuffingthehumanherd.com to no agenda. Culling. Culling. Culling, not cuffing. Culling. 
That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, it seems appropriate in the light of the NWO, New World Order, and now Steve Jobs, continued success, Sir Lawrence Roik. Paul Wynn, Southport, Queensland, uh, $50. And finally, tinyempire.com in Phoenix. Uh, please say, producer Miles says, nasocial.net has a new Phoenix locals group. If you are coming to the pod camp AZ, encourages to sign up, loves the show. I think I got bitten by a flea. You did? Yeah. Is it itchy? Are you sure it's not a mosquito no. after the rain? No, our friend Greg has like three dogs. I think one of them had fleas where like bites everywhere. Yeah, fleas generally don't bite people. Maybe. Unless they're really hungry. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a bad economy. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I got a little... Uh, Hot pockets. Got a little laugh out of you there. Can you just imagine the Sequoia guys going... Hey, you know, great quarter, guys. You're looking really good on your, the, you're executing the plan. We just have a question about this uh, $10,000 a month fee for this uh, Curry <laughs> Dvorak Consulting Group. Uh, is that really, uh, how, what are they doing for you? <laughs> oh, I can just see Kwame now. Uh, we have, uh, actually, I wanted to share a little uh, karma story. For those of you who are new to the program, wondering what all this karma is about. You know, we don't sell it as a product. People ask for it, and for some reason it seems to work. Tom from NoAgendaPhoto.com says, I recently donated requested karma for a better job. Even though I had to sit through Rudy Giuliani of a the, sit through Rudy Giuliana, Giuliani of a big oil gas law firm this morning talk about how we need to keep fracking, I also experienced some <laughs> serious karma results. A friend recommended me for a job doing camera audio work for a travel show in southern France for 10 days, and I got it. Karma. Ooh, yeah, I've posted Southern some, France for 10 days has got to be great. That doesn't suck. I've posted some photos from Occupy Wall Street at noagendaphoto.com. I'll check on it again when I return. It's one of the strangest protests I've ever seen. Anyway, so that's a, a nice little karma story. And then we had a donation from uh, Secret Agent Paul. And uh, he asked me to do something uh, very specific. Let me get the... Uh, the he gave us a, a, a sound clip. And uh, and a script to read. So <clears throat> here we go. On this sixth day of October, two thousand and eight, <laughs> I'd like to announce the wedding of Secret Agent Paul, creator of such jingles as "Words Do Matter," Adam C. Curry's pet peeve of the day, and Drone Nation to the beautiful naughty nurse Danielle. So, by the power vested in me by the all-seeing nation of Gidmo, I now pronounce you douchebag and hornbag. Apparently, hornbag is Aussie slang for bodacious babe. Really? Yeah, so they're married. Did oh, you, well, that's sweet. You just witnessed it, the first wedding on no agenda. Did you did you, just, you have to sign any paperwork? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, they're faxing it to me. <laughs> oh, that's cute, though. I like that. I like that. Hornbag. Hornbag. I, I was not aware of this, uh, this hornbag thing. I kind of like that. Thank you very much, uh, everyone, for uh, supporting the program. Uh, as you, uh, well, we already talked about it, no ads. Uh, and uh, we think we, uh, we do a pretty decent job. I'm actually still wading through the uh, national security, uh, what was it, uh, Homeland, whatever, commission. There was some crazy quotes in there. We do a lot of that, watching C-SPAN, keeping an eye on the douchebag channels, uh, really so that you don't have to do that. And, if, if, and those of you who have a commute, uh, and I was actually commuting myself uh, to Austin back and forth. And podcasts are a great thing for uh, for commutes. And uh, I think that uh, we probably help you get through some of the drudgery of that. 
And if you appreciate it and uh, you think that it's worth it, it's a value-for-value model, all you have to do is go to... Dvorak.org slash N-A. And uh, slip us a little, uh, a little cash, a little donation. It won't hurt. <laughs> As I can see, only one on the list today. Sir Jordi Ramirez says happy birthday to Beto Echeverreta. Oh, my goodness. Who celebrated uh, on the 5th. That is yesterday. Happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And then we have a couple of nights, uh, John, since... uh, It's like three to me. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So let me uh, grab my blade here. You might want to get the extra long one out for today. Scott Hankel, James Carson, and Beto Echarzata. Step forward, please. Extend your middle finger. And kneel before the round table. You have all supported the No Agenda podcast in uh, the amount of $1,000 or more. And therefore, I can proudly name thee the following. Sir Scott Hankel, Sir James Carson, and Sir Beto Echarzata. Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable, please enjoy your hot pants and booze, your hookers and blow, your rent boys and Chardonnay, and the fact that you are really keeping this show on the air, and who knows how long it will last, because it's going to get messed up eventually. By a drone, probably. There was something I wanted to uh, connect, we were talking about PBS earlier. Uh, did you know that our national treasure, NPR, has a new CEO? Uh, yeah, no, I do know that. Uh, in fact, I, I think it's another woman, right? No, correct. It is not. It is Gary Nell. Oh, I guess I don't know this guy. Yeah, well, um, so, of course, the headline reads, Gary Nell, K-N-E-L-L, president and CEO of Sesame Workshop, producers of Sesame Street Educational Children's TV show, has been named the new CEO and president of NPR. And of course that, you know, everyone's like, oh, Elmo is now a big bird. But if you actually look down a little bit and find out who this guy is, this is the guy who very much like, uh, who's the Hummer woman from the New York Times? Yeah, the uh, editor-in-chief. Yeah, what's her name? I don't know. Uh, Hummer. Uh, You know, these are the people that determine the news. So this guy is, you know, he's he's the new guy. Vivian Schiller was the woman who got kicked out. Uh, Let's look at his resume, shall we? Gary Nell, uh, member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Well, that's a good thing. And the U.S. National Commission for UNESCO. Serves as a director of executive search firm Hydric and Struggles. Is on the board of governors of the National Geographic Education Foundation. And board member of AARP Services, who I'm sure will be advertising a lot. Mm-hmm. The Jacob Burns Film Center and Save the Children. He's a Council on Foreign Relations shill. Yeah. Well, be on the and lookout. Stu- oh, wait a minute. Let me get <laughs> this straight. I'm stunned. You're stunned <laughs> I, by this. I am completely stunned. I can't believe they brought a shill like that in. Huh. Yeah. Been tracking the vaccine news. As we all know, we've been tracking this for years, knowing that it's much more cost-effective. In fact, it's a bonanza to give medicine to people who aren't sick yet. Um, This is great. So we've been following Alzheimer's for a while, and of course it's been in the news, and we've got the PR firms coming out with all kinds of studies, and you know they tried to hype it up a bit to get Lipitor uh, uh, repatented as an Alzheimer drug, because apparently cholesterol or something like that... Uh, 
you know, causes Alzheimer's. New study, John. New study. We have a new study out, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news. Would you believe that Alzheimer's may be transmissible? It turns out it may be a virus. Oh, there you go. (laughs) So is that a setup for a vaccine or what? Apparently. In the study, and then whenever there's a study, your your alert signal should be uh, slammed in the right-hand corner. The needle should be hitting in the red. In the study, mice injected with the human brain tissue from Alzheimer's patients developed Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, you're injecting brain tissue into mice. <laughs> the mice developed brain damage characteristic of Alzheimer's disease. And over time, the damage spread throughout their brains. So it's transmissible, they're saying. So Yeah, yeah I'm sure I, if you I, eat somebody's brains. I guess, yeah, I think, the, <laughs> I think the message here is don't eat brains. This is not a good idea. Now, um, one of the uh, interesting laws in Gitmo Nation of these United States is that uh, by law, you cannot sue the pharmaceutical companies if something goes wrong with a vaccine. And they set this up. On the verge of uh, rolling out swine flu and all of this stuff. Yeah, for obvious reasons, because the entire Congress and our whole government is in the pocket of the pharmacies, pharmaceutical companies, I'm sorry. So this is not the case in Finland. I got this from uh, our uh, Wonderhelm producer up there in, uh, in the in the Gitmo Nation of uh, Reindeer. Um, pan- Pandemrix victims will be receiving compensation. Remember that uh, Pandemrix swine flu vaccine... Uh, 92 people uh, have so far notified the insurance pool because they uh, all of a sudden had narcolepsy. And this has now been confirmed around the world. There is a link between the pandemic's uh, swine flu vaccine and narcolepsy. And uh, they're going to be paid out. And after the 30 million euro fund for compensation is exhausted, the state will take responsibility for funding more payouts. How come they get paid out? We get nothing. Well, they don't have that sorry-ass law on the books like we do. So we got suckered. Yeah, yeah you think? Wait a minute. You're stunned? We should look at the, <laughs> the, the, the congressmen and, and senators who voted for this law. Yeah. We should. Why, why do these people not get voted out? We need to put up a website that calls out these guys. I mean, like this ISA. Yeah, well, well, this this is this need to be called out. Yeah, well, this is the whole problem with with Occupy Wall Street is you're occupying the wrong space. Yeah, you've got to vote people out of office. You've got to call for a regime change. You've got to ask for the dictator who's killing his own people, which is the truth, legal or illegal or whatever. Our president ordered an American citizen to be killed and killed two in one go. So it's the same thing. Two Americans with a drone. On purpose. On purpose. And he threatened the Jonas Brothers. I mean, let's be honest. That, that's, you know, that's assault. You have assault and battery. And that, that's egregious so right no there. No battery. It's just a it No, it's, a, it's, it's a part, uh, part one of assault and battery. Um, you know, we're, we're being screwed. And we should have a no-fly zone. Yeah, we need a no-fly zone over this country. Now, as we so, know, the... Uh, uh, I'm just going to finish up with the vaccines. Go. Uh, as we know, uh, and this was promised, uh, Gitmo Nation East, the United Kingdom, is on the verge of choosing the HPV vaccine. And I actually heard this uh, story, I think, mentioned on uh, Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged. And uh, we were warned. Remember, I got the note from the Minister of Parliament from one of his uh, his human resources. He said, look, don't, don't, tell, don't tell anyone where you got this from. 
but it looks like there's a beauty contest going on. Look for some uh, PR from one, from both the two competing firms to get the big government contract. And they bring it out again. Oral sex may cause more throat cancer than smoking in men, say researchers. <laughs> researchers. So uh, this is all to get Gardasil approved because uh, it uh, actually takes care of vaginal warts, which is part of you get that. I guess you get a vaginal wart in your throat or something like that. It's all PR. It's all PR to get the big contract. And then finally, in uh, the United States of Europe, study shows 38.2% of the European Union populace has mental problems. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can see why. (laughs) (laughs) And they need to have proper treatment. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And they need to have proper treatment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 whoa. It is so coming. It is so coming. Here it is, slaves. So I picked up a clip when I, I don't know why I'm picking up so many of these clips where I'm just looking for the one gaffe. Uh huh. So I didn't realize now Donald Rumsfeld has been pushing his idiotic book. Is he still out doing that? Yeah, but Ugh. the last place he did it was on Al Jazeera, where a guy <laughs> asked him a simple question. Apparently, he didn't cover in the book, and Rumsfeld got a completely bent out of shape and th- felt he was being intimidated, and the guy was yelling at him, and he wasn't. And and meanwhile, this woman, Huddy, Huddy? Uh, which I've mispronounced here, Hubby. Huddy, who's one of the shills on, on Fox, she defends Rumsfeld, and then she drops in a little factoid that I was totally unaware of. He was on, Rumsfeld think he was on Fox and Friends? I mean, come on, you go to Al Jazeera, <laughs> they're going to crank up some numbers you never heard about, and you can give it to you. But the interviewer wasn't yelling at him. I didn't see that, did you? No, it got, it got, it got testy, and the interviewer, I think, was totally disrespectful. I mean, look, you're sitting there talking to uh, you know, somebody who was a leader of our country, and he was essentially calling Rumsfeld a liar. And I'm The leader of our country, eh? Yeah, apparently you're talking to the leader of our country. That's right. Well, she knows what she's talking about. She knows what side her bread is buttered. The leader of our country. Huh. How does that work? I don't know. It's just (laughs) the kind of news you get on Fox. Uh, One of the great analysts. No wonder I don't watch that. I I do. Uh, Yeah. Well, someone has to. And I think it's really good that you do, actually. So and to catch these little odd, I don't know, maybe she would thought he was the president. I have no idea what she was thinking when and, she said that. And notice that. O'Reilly didn't go like, hey. No, O'Reilly, no. O'Reilly is so self-absorbed. I've only seen him catch gaffes rarely. Once in a while he does. But it's Shadow un- Puppet Theater. A new government formed in Haiti. It's done. Finally, <laughs> Gary Canil. He's in, of course, just to remind you. United Nations Development Specialist and aide to Bill Clinton, ratified by the Haitian Senate after what, a debate. Wait a minute, aide to Bill Clinton? Yes, yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 let me get this straight. Yeah. The new head of Haiti? The prime minister, yes. Prime minister, yeah. Well, no, for, we, ha- we, ha- we have the president who was uh, elected. Uh, you know, yeah, he's, the, the he's, musician. He's, he's in a band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sweet, sweet Nicky Martelli. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and this guy and the the prime minister who effectively has more power, uh, and he was uh, uh, Bill Clinton's aide, huh? 
<laughs> oh, by the way, whatever happened to all that money Bill Clinton collected for Haiti? That mi- billions of dollars? For some reason, uh, we just haven't seen it, you know? We just need How cash. can we stop talking about it? We did, nobody's even mentioning it anymore. Water. Just send your cash. Well, because uh, there's more important things going on. You know, like Sarah Palin not running for president. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. Because, and, you know, I think I, it is good to remind people about this. Um, because you got duped. And you got duped into all the tears and the sadness and the and the texting money and billions and billions from around the world. And Bill Clinton stole it. He stole it. Where is that money? It's not in Haiti. And then he puts his guy in. Maybe now the funds will be released. Do you think that would be a way to do it? Well, they're going to be released eventually, but it's going to. We've we predicted this from the get go. It's going to be released uh, on the North Shore in a in a, in a series tourist, of fantastic hotels. Yeah, it's going to uh, build. I mean, why should Mexico, Cancun, and these places and get Cabo all get all the business, get all the tourists? Yeah, exactly. And by the way, it's inconvenient if you're on the East Coast, like even in Florida, and you. It's a really short trip to Haiti. So it's, go to Haiti and live it up instead of going to Cancun. And Mexico has a lot of problems. There's yeah. drug lords shooting people. Yeah, and and in Haiti now, you know, they're making nice baskets. Uh, you know, there's a lot uh, of good art there. Yeah. Oh yeah. At the at, that's the one place they restored is the art fair. Yeah. No, it's good work. Good work, Bill. Douchebag. So there's a big party on October 15th, and we we love to read through these invites. Uh, Chelsea Clinton and her husband Mark. Mesvinsky are uh, throwing a bash for uh, President Clinton, former President Clinton, a decade of difference concert at the Hollywood Bowl. Now, <laughs> we just have to, it's just funny to read through this for his 65th wow. birthday gala at the Hollywood Palladium where Stevie Nicks and special guests will be performing. But at the Hollywood Bowl, Lady Gaga, The Edge and Bono. Usher and more special guests. And for $25,000, John, we could have an all-star weekend experience under their VIP. We- this is, this is what, a, what a scam this is. So they're selling these packages to this event. For twenty five grand, you get the all-star weekend experience. Includes two preferred seats at President Clinton's 65th birthday gala. And two two pre- preferred seats? What is that? I don't know. What does that mean? Preferred. Would you prefer this one or that one? <laughs> Yeah, and really? two preferred VIP tickets to the Hollywood Bowl concert. Now, uh, of course, uh, if you just want to attend the gala, it's 6500 per couple. John, I think you and I are a couple, so we could go. Uh, if you want preferred seating at the Hollywood Bowl, the diamond ticket is $5,000 a person. The platinum, 2500 And the gold ticket is a 1000 But, 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 if you, uh, you really want to join the host committee, for five hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars, so five hundred thousand is a co-chair, or you can be a chair. You can be a chair. <laughs> someone sit on me. <laughs> For one million dollars, you get to attend the VIP sound check on Friday. Yeah, that's, I want to hear Lady Gaga sound checking. The sound check. That, yeah, that's worth a million bucks to me. Testing. Day one, 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 yeah. one, one, two, 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 one, two, 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 check two, two. Uh, <laughs> sound check. You're a chair and someone sits on you during the sound check. But you also get to attend a brunch hosted by Chelsea and a presidential golf outing with the president on Sunday. 
and you get a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get official you get a, more than that. And you get official uh, host committee recognition. So we should. I, I think we we do these once in a while. These kind of deconstructing these invites. We need to do a follow-up on this one and see who the douchebags are <laughs> that became the, 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 the chair. committee members. The chair. The chair. We want to see who the chair is. We've got to find out who it is. Now, I heard from uh, – now, who was telling me this? Oh, a, uh, a friend of ours does makeup for douchebag women in uh, Los Angeles. And she's, you know, she works for a, a, a big, expensive store – and uh, when people are in town, they often call up the store and they say, you know, send a makeup artist over. And she was sent over to do Chelsea Clinton. And uh, her mom was there and her husband was there. And she said, Adam, it's unbelievable. Chelsea Clinton is going to be running for some type of office. And, and this is why she's doing this, uh, why now all of a sudden she's hosting all of this stuff. This is basically a fundraiser for her, or at least to get her attention, because she wants to go into politics, just like her mom. And she is running, She, well, I don't know what, but she will be running for office. Put that in the book. Not as a prediction, but as a prediction. Yeah. How awesome is that? That's a good catch. And, That's a good catch. And, and another clippity-clop. And it makes sense. Yeah. I love it. And so the people who, the, the douchebags who cough up this kind of money they're, so they they're, can go they're listen on, to Bono. They get on the edge. They get on the mailing list. Yeah, they get on the mailing list and we get to see who they are. Mm-hmm. If they published that, I wonder if they would keep it a secret. We should look. Um. So... I am looking, uh, This uh, Hayden is the guy, former NSA CIA director Michael Hayden. He apparently uh, was in the, uh, what was it, the National Intelligence Committee. Uh, he was talking about, you know, about how we have to have more uh, eavesdropping on networks in order to defend against malicious activity from nation states and others. And as this is what I'll be doing after the show, looking at... Uh, at the rerun of that on uh, C-SPAN. The, but I did see a job on USA Job. Someone sent me this. Uh, positions under the supervision of the director and deputy director, public diplomacy training division, school of professional area studies, as an expert in social media platforms, including monitoring methods, evaluation and analytics tools, and strategic planning, Interactive technologies, course design, and knowledge management. The incumbent of this position is responsible for the performance duties involved in carrying out the functional responsibilities of the division. And this is uh, from usajobs.gov. And let me give you the title of this job. <coughs> They're hiring techno experts. Job title, social media and technology specialist instructor. Hmm. For the Department of State. So this is uh, Hillary is hiring. Full-time uh, term appointment, renewable at the option of the agency, promotion potential 13, whatever that means. And uh, She yeah, has 13 is the highest you can go. Yeah, $74,000. $74, no, uh, oh, no, oh, no, up to 115000 Wow. She has 13. I don't know. Maybe I should go get that job. Yeah, well, if, if, if you can tweet, then you can make 115000 bucks a year, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Citizenship is required. Must be able to obtain and maintain a secret security clearance. Incumbent will be subject to random drug testing, and you have a one-year trial period. 
It's very interesting. If you're looking for this job, and by the way, this is a teaching position, so it would be great to have one of our uh, tech, our own techno experts in this job to uh, slip in some stuff. Social media and technology specialist instructor for monitoring social networks. Yeah, that's the ticket, baby. Love that. Give my nation east as we whip around the horn uh, at Bath, Bath Rail Station. Full naked body scanner. Congratulations on you. Where's this? In uh, Bath in the UK. Seven foot body scanner that you have to walk through before getting on the train. Before getting on what? <laughs> on the train. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. So they're X rank train customers in yes. Yes. Bath, England? In Bath. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because they're terrorists there. There's no terrorists there. Yeah, there are. Terrorists in Bath. Bath. Bath terrorists. In Gitmo Nation, Brussels sprouts, bad news. 506 people are still waiting for their uh, Gitmo Nation jewelry as they have been uh, f- over 500 people and this is from uh, Baron Stephen von Pelsmachers have been waiting for a, uh, a GPS bracelet an anklet hmm. Lindsay Lohan jewelry uh, apparently they can't make them fast enough <laughs> Gitmo Nation Lowlands, they've got the alcohol interlock. It's done, it's in. Starting December, if you get caught uh, drinking, or if you get caught just with keys in your hands on the way to your car, uh, you'll get a device installed, which you have to pay for, which will, uh, you know, your car won't start unless you blow into it. (laughs) Blow my car. On the upside... Shoes on screening begins this week at four U.S. airports in Miami, Dallas, Detroit, and Atlanta. Yeah, you have to go through the pre-clearance, though. Yeah, it's the pre-check. It's the it's a scam. <laughs> yeah, this is the. You still yeah. have to go through the naked body scanner, but you can keep your shoes on. Yeah, that's the big joke of it. It's a joke. What yeah. difference does it make? Yeah. I don't, it's not a big deal. To take your shoes off. By I'm the used way, to it. we uh, we both opted out um, at LAX going to Good. Austin. Uh, I have to say they're very courteous, not a problem, and did not touch my uh, did not go to full resistance. Just give it. Did he go on and on about the back of the hand? Yeah, went about the back of the hand, the back of the hand, the back of the hand. And he says, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up the pant legs until I feel resistance." But I, you know, I didn't feel no resistance, and Mickey, Mickey didn't either. She said, well, "I didn't get no resistance." Um, now on the way back from Austin, Austin's not having that crap. This is like, it was almost like old times. It's just like, you know, a, a little line set up. Everyone's whipping through one magnetometer. Boom, 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 all the way through, done. Real fast. Austin's having none of that crap. Didn't they, didn't they sue or something? I don't know. Yeah, I, think I, I know that there's a lot of air. I run into airports here and there. When I came back from Brazil, there wasn't anything like that. Nothing. Good. I like it. And then they dropped us off in New York, which then there was a long line to get through customs. And then uh, you had to recheck in and then there was no scanner there in New York City. Good. Good. And, uh, and on the way out, there was a scanner thing, but I just I didn't even opt out. I just went over to the magnetometer and walked through it. And nobody said anything. Yeah. 
So that was odd. Well, the, the whole thing is, a, is, well, as we know, it's a scam. It's a scam. Yeah. Someone alerted me to this, and I didn't know that this was actually taking place. And, of course, I wouldn't know, seeing as my vehicles are both from 1999. Did you know that all new cars uh, sold in California, and I believe it's now rolling out to other states in the union have to have We've a, talked about this the global warming score oh no i didn't know that that you're talking about black boxes no all, there's a global warming score on the car yes <laughs> it literally has a global warming score and there's a number next to it i didn't know this yeah I have to go to a car dealer now and see check this out so uh, greenhouse gases emitted from vehicles include Carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, and hydrofluorocarbons from air conditioner refrigerant. The sum of all these greenhouse gas emissions are identified as the CO2 equivalent value, which is used to determine a vehicle's global warming score. How the global warming score is determined. These are government documents, by the way, John. So, uh, the global warming score is based on emissions data from ARB's Motor Vehicle Greenhouse Gas Emissions Regulation, known as AB 1493, or PAVLY. The Greenhouse Gas Regulation establishes a CO2 equivalent value that includes all the various global warming gases based on their relative contribution to global warming. This is bogus. So it said as follows, the global warming... Score is CO2 plus 296 times N20 plus 23 times CH4 minus AC direct emissions allowance minus AC indirect emissions allowance. And if you can calculate that, then you have the global warming score. I did just slap in a number on this shit. <laughs> and literally, someone sent me a picture of a car that has a global warming score of seven. I don't even know if that's good or not. Yeah, is it good or bad? But how crazy is that? That's dumb. The science is in on that, huh? No, yeah, I would say. Wow. Well, I can't top that. All right. Uh, I have one. I have two odd clips we can push yeah. off till Sunday. Well, if you want to do one, I'm I'm cool with that. If you want to just well, roll, roll one out, I got. Uh, let's do the one that's kind of the funnier of the two. I mean, no, actually, let's do the one that's that's more of an Ask Adam thing. Okay. Which is that. The question remains, there, there's, I don't know why, but this is starting to show up as a meme, which is to re, um, to rethink the 80s as some great era. <laughs> and, and this is kind of your era. Uh-huh. So I was going to ask you, is the, were the 80s great? Because these guys seem to think so. You can play this. was from Good Morning America, I believe. The great things that the magazine did. And uh, I guess that's being carefully shot for reasons. Well, it's being carefully <laughs> We're a family program, after all. And we don't want to... No fines levied this way. But yeah, it's, we're going to take a look. It's going to be great. Oh, what a tease. <laughs> <laughs> all right. More 80s now. The big reason we believe that the 80s were just so addictive is, in fact, the music. We all remember singing along to those catchy tunes, often by groups who ruled the charts one week and then where'd they go? So we have brought back another treasure of the 80s, the mixtape, for one more look at the one-hit wonder. Those infectious beats. The cowbell. (laughs) Just what exactly is it about 80s music that makes us do this? And what exactly defines the 80s? 
Ask Adam. <laughs> Ask Adam. Yeah. So, so the so they this by the way this feature. I, I recorded it and I recorded it and re- it was a good ten to fifteen minutes of clips claiming that for one thing the eighties were the eighties were the were the era of the one hit wonders when in fact I don't care what genre what era you're talking about it's always especially the fifties one hit wonders is like this theme of all you know music it seems to me. Uh, from every era, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, one hit wonder, one hit wonder. So you tell me, were the 80s that great, in your opinion, compared to, like, the more creative 70s? Well, first of all, I'm looking for the movie. There's got to be a movie tie-in somewhere. There's got to be some promotion. Okay. There's got to be a movie coming out. Uh, so uh, someone will probably find that and send it to me. Uh so unfortunately, I wasn't of sex having age in the seventies. I hear the seventies was great for sex, and everyone, you know, we didn't have AIDS. We were just all screwing around. It's like, hey, you know, take her. Hey, thanks. You know, like, oh, hey, what's your name, Fred? Oh, that's cool. You know, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> so, for my bicuriousness, I think that probably wouldn't have been a great time to be uh, alive. Um, could this be related to Footloose? Perhaps, maybe because they're bringing back Footloose the movie maybe it's a possibility i think you're right with the movie thing though yeah so it's probably why that. else would you yeah bring and, it this thesis yeah and, and the, then milk it wasn't like they just had a little quick hit on this this went on and on and on with you know it was it was unbelievable actually how long it went everything's a movie so, I, I don't even know why i brought it up i should just well, the, cra- the crazy thing right. was is you know in the middle of the 80s like 87 I was so oblivious to what was going on around me, and of course it was great. You know, I was at MTV, rocking it out. When we had the biggest crash on Wall Street in October of 1987, I didn't give a crap. didn't affect me in the slightest bit at all. Yeah. And uh, wasn't there? Wasn't the economy all shot to hell then in the in the eighties? No, no, that was just a one shot deal. That eighty seven yeah. crash. But then the nineties started. I remember the nineties, the very beginning of the nineties. I remember sitting watching television with my just born daughter, and uh, it was the Gulf War One. Right. And so, in that respect, in that regard. The 80s was probably better because, uh, you know what, it's stupid. It's a promotion. We just need to figure out what it's for. Yeah, you're right. It has nothing to do yeah, with anything. Yeah, we shouldn't even bother deconstructing it. We just did. Yeah, it's it's a movie promotion. That's what it is. We just have to figure out for But I think Footloose, that was from the chat room. I think that's probably uh, a reasonable assumption. So so I ran into, just as a last little thing here, mm-hmm. I ran into, we were watching uh, t- t- television, and there and we talk about uh, Jeff Smith and the jingles and all this. I, I was stunned <laughs> to run into a, uh, a jingle for a company in the Salinas Valley called Classic Drains and Plumbing, which was like, it was either a Jeff Smith jingle or what, but I've never seen in my life, and I didn't think it was a. I was like stunned by this. I didn't think it was necessarily effective, but I've never heard a plumbing company with with a song. Classic trains and plumbing, three generations raising up sons and daughters <laughs> to make sure your plumbing is in working order. Plastic drains and plumbing. Yeah, well, you know, that stuff stays with you. It's just genius. 
Jeff Smith is should be. Is that the weirdest thing you've ever heard? No, because we have uh, we've got a flooring company in in Los Angeles that has a jingle. Um, one eight hundred Empire today. Yeah, you know, we've got the the flooring company with Empire. You know, the jingles are great. People don't realize it. Jeff Smith should be a billionaire. Yeah, and the funny thing is, he works cheap. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's no true. jingle writers, if you can find them. For the problem with getting a jingle like this one or any one of them, first you got to find the jingle writer, and they're not that easy to find. That's the problem. Yeah, and then they, they crank this stuff out. It's like right off the top of their heads, and so they, it's a day rate. It yeah. doesn't take months to do one of these. Right, right. So I would recommend people go to Jeff Smith and give him some work. Yeah, Sir Jeff Smith, G-E-O-F-F. That's exactly the ticket. All right. Wow, we uh, we rocked through two and a half hours there, John. Good. Yeah, that is good. Hey, thanks, everyone, for the support of the show. Um, I didn't check on our $10 donations. How did we do on that? Oh, yeah. Let's see. See, I forgot to ask last show. So if you uh, sat through this on the live stream, no, it's down, see? And you thought there was some value, uh, go right now to Dvorak.org slash NA and hit the PayPal button and uh, fill in your $10 amount. Uh, but more is welcome. Uh, and uh, all things considered, the fact of the matter is we need help. Keep us on the air, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Uh, countdown has begun. Less than six weeks till we move to Austin. Coming to you now from the uh, Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. I'm Adam Curry. And from stormy northern Silicon Valley, where Oracle's in town, taking up all the spaces and rooms in San Francisco. It's kind of amazing. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on uh, Sunday, right here on No Agenda. Now we learn that the foreign minister insists on having golden business cards. This despite the fact that using gold on business cards breaks Treasury Board rules because it's too expensive. Why is the minister breaking government rules? Why is he giving taxpayers the gold finger? This is a very expensive game of you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. When Canadians are struggling just to get by, why are conservative ministers showering each other with gold? Why the golden showers, Mr. Speaker? Mitt needs to get a position and stick with it. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's flipping more than that uh, great movie star flipper. Dvorak.org slash N-A